Hey, you dumb fuck, learn some shit! I think we should have burnt the house down years ago, Fred. Bring your kids towards me, I'm a really nice guy. I own a kid show! I own a kid show! It's okay to rub your nipples all the time. Just, uh, it's part of the development. Let the children raise themselves! Kind freak! First I bring the boys home, if you know what I'm saying! Then I'm gonna walk for them, naked! Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Huh? Uh, people time! Ah, huh? Ah. Oh shit! Uh, we got our dabblers here to listen to another goddamn episode! Fucking thanks. Yeah. Fucking thanks for clicking... Where, where you click to get where you hear, where you hear it. Uh, hey, thanks for, like, sharing with other people and stuff, because, like, I just found this out the other day, and I guess it doesn't include Spotify or digital downloads or whatever, but, yep. uh, you remember that band Trapped? Oh, God. No. Headstrong, take you on. Headstrong, become Headstrong. Headstrong, headstrong. We're headstrong. You know what I liked Remember about that, that song? Yeah. Right before the chorus, it's not a lyric. The guy just goes, ah! <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So, apparently, I didn't know they were still around. They dropped, um, I guess, a new album this year. Oh, thank God. After, oh, thank God. After going on Twitter and, like, yelling at a bunch of people about how Trump is amazing and, like, Right. They got into a bunch of fights. Anyways, so their new album dropped, and their first week was something like a thousand people, or it was less than that. It was like four hundred people bought their album. <laughs> so we, so I want to thank our dabblers for sharing uh, our our shit because it's been working. We've been growing, and uh, it's fun to say that we have more listeners by a lot than Trapped has on their opening week of their newest album. Well, and thank God too. For yeah. both for both scenarios, yeah. Because no one needs no one. Even those four hundred poor souls don't need to hear the new trapped album. Yeah, I didn't even know they had more than one album. I just thought they had Headstrong, like yeah. the song. Oh, uh, I'm I'm embarrassed to say I liked that song in high school. I was a trapped uh, I was a trapped fan. It came out of every sixteen year old's douchey car. Oh my god, I hate for a year. So I remember, yeah. I hate new metal. Me. In the it, past, it was so fine. I listened to it. Um, I remember thinking that it kind of got. I remember I don't usually get sick of songs. You know, when people are like, "Oh, it's overplayed on the radio." Yeah, it usually happened to me, even if it's is overplayed. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I remember thinking that one pretty early. I was like, "Oh, he's saying his headstrong the whole time, right? Is he saying anything else?" I think I think headstrong is just the lyrics over just and over, just over and over again. Yeah, on a really really simple like. <laughs> yeah, music video they were like throwing paper and shit it was crazy oh my god it was like throwing paper all over that shit is fucking dope yeah paper <laughs> just throwing paper in the air like it's fucking blueberries fuck the man. system dude Ugh. fucking yeah blueberries and shit fucking yeah melons and everything yeah yeah we're working on a new language or a new slang that involves food yeah don't get a stomachache over it all right it's all good. Yeah. Don't be a fart about it. Like, <laughs> trapped Trapped is like bloody diarrhea. Kind of, yeah. And uh, Beyonce is like mangoes. Oh, sweet-ass mangoes. Yeah. Like, kind of want to bite into it. Yeah. Just as it is. She's got a body like a watermelon. Sweet. Sweet like a watermelon? Tasty. I want to cut it open. I want to crack it open. Yeah, no seeds. I, I mean, my face in there. The one, the watermelon with the seeds tastes better. Sure. But she didn't got seeds, but she does taste better. <laughs> it's like 
the actual hybrid we all want. I hope this isn't racist. Needed, but yeah. What? Why would it be racist? No reason. <clears throat> what are you trying to say? No. Hey man, don't be a butt plug. All right. Well, butt plugs are a good thing. Yeah, but people like those. I like how they feel. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody wants to be the butt plug. Unless uh, it's like part of your body part. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that. This is some stuff we're going to have to work out with I don't the slang. Think, yeah. Like what's what. I'm sorry. I might have. No, that's fine. Because like. Maybe we maybe butt plug is a good thing. What would a house mom say that dope is a good thing? She'd be like, oh, no, that is dope. That's terrible. No. It will kill the children. Oh, Satan's gone into my kids. But what the fuck does she know? We have to, you know, we have to figure yeah. that out. For shizzle. For shizzle. <laughs> be just as fucking confusing. <laughs> For the poor parents of the 90s who were like, what the fuck is that word? <laughs> yeah. You'll never know, Mom. Fucking ratchet bitch. You can't. <laughs> You'll never know. You ratchet clothes. Get out of here. Ah, uh, oh, shit. Oh, Rizzle, get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> hey, what the fuck's your name? Uh, Jazz Penis. What? Why? Huh? Is it like, like jazz is in the uh, music? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So if if, I, if someone were to blow into it, I almost said if I if I were to blow into your penis, would I get a nice uh, trumpety sound? You know, what's funny is I was actually picturing uh, a piano, but yeah, you could blow into it too. A piano. I feel like I feel like a trumpet or like a trombone. I can really slide down up and... Yeah, what's that slide bar I That's what a trombone sounds like. I don't know why I made that. This is a trombone. You know, like a trombone? Yeah. Yeah, you can just make music with it. Cool. It's a very musical penis. It's just a play on the on the word pianist. Oh, see, I'm so stupid and slow. <laughs> man, you I'm know, just jazz, like a runny nose over here. I don't jazz. get anything. Well, you gotta sniffle it up, man. I mean, yeah. Hey, take take some uh take some dope for for your nose. Sugar booger. Wait, I said it backwards because I'm fucked up on yeah, dope. For that. What's your name? Oh fuck, my name is. Uh, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, I want to be Kyle. I knew this kid in camp. Mm-hmm. He got like he was like thirteen and got two girls pregnant. His name was Kyle. Right. Yeah, I want to be Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Kyle. Um, how old were you at camp? Thirteen. Oh, okay, that's fine. Not fine, but better. <laughs> it's funny because it's from a movie that I have not seen, oh. but I know that one scene, and that's it. What movie is that? I don't even remember the movie, but they're about to go rob a, uh, I don't know, like a mart, like a little gas station mart. Yeah. And they're like getting ready to put on their masks. And I've seen the scene. I just don't know what the rest of the movie's about. And he's like, well, hold on. When we get in there, yeah. we got to make sure we don't call each other by our real names. So who do you want to be? It's like, that doesn't fucking matter. And he's like, well, hold on. Hold on. We've got to make sure we know. Yeah. And so he goes through that whole series of saying his name's Kyle. And then the other guy's like, all right, I'm going to be this guy. I feel like, like I've seen this. Oh shit! I want to be that guy. And he's like, "No, you're Carl." Kyle. And he gets all upset because he can't remember his fake name already. <laughs> I want to be Kyle. Um, yeah, as long as Kyle was of age in camp and he successfully robbed that store, good with it. So I'm sure one of our dadlers knows exactly what I'm talking about. They're like, he he chose something he hasn't even he hasn't seen it yet. Do you want to know what it's from? Yeah, stealing Harvard. That's it. Yeah. Where I don't know what happens. Your brother literally told me about it. 
Um, and I watched that one scene, and I've seen it probably like a dozen times because I think it's so funny. I want to be Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I want to be Carl. You know, you can be Carl. Kyle! <laughs> Just love that he gets so upset about it. <coughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, welcome to the show. That's our names. Uh, we provide facts. So the following fact is true. We are the sex organs of the machine world. Cut off your genitals to end the war. Yeah, this all checks out. Mm-hmm. I got this here in my notes. Yeah. Write that shit down. I already have it in my notes. Oh, I'll write it down again. You and the dabblers. Let's all write it down again. Let's all write it down real quick. Uh, just don't forget that. Who are we learning about today, though? Oh, no, no, no. We got a fun fact first. We do. Shit. Uh, in fact, I've got the fun fact. How fun is it? I think it's kind of fun. I mean, it's kind of well, terrible, but it's also fun. So during the Prohibition... Um, things are like that. Right. So the Prohibition was going on where the U.S. government was saying, like, no more alcohol. And then everybody was like, more alcohol than ever before. It's, yep. Yeah, so uh, every, every every tub full of gin. Yeah. Every bar with a back room. So, yeah. Sounds like a fun time. People racing their cars around just full of alcohol to go dump onto people's faces. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So during the Prohibition, the United States, and this is like the government, uh, yeah, in order to try to combat the amount of alcohol that was still going on, they would go to big plants, and they would poison the alcohol rather than like going and being like, all right, you're fined, dump out your alcohol or whatever, which they did that too. That's not nice. But they were like, this is how we're going to get people to stop doing it because it won't be safe. What the fuck? So they were literally killing people. What were they poisoning it with? I don't know exactly what the poison was, oh. but it did say that by the time they'd gone through the whole series of doing this over and over that they believe at least 10,000 people died from poison that the government used I mean, in the alcohol. That's a type of deterrent. Yeah, but I don't think the <clears> government... <throat> I, you, th- you hear about the government doing that, and you're like, I mean, well, I guess the government's always doing crazy-ass shit, but horrible. they shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. I mean, the government has done and or planned really horrible shit to their own populace, so this is not... Yeah. It's awful. Deter- death is a good deterrent. You I've, might die. I've heard that, but in the same way that the capital punishment is not a deterrent to crime... Yeah. All this would do is deter people from buying booze instead of just making it or getting it from your cousin who makes it or yeah. whoever. I was going to say, I just make it myself now. It's really not that hard to make cheap booze. Yeah. It's hard to make good booze. I've well, I think it, tried that. Yeah. But if you couldn't get it anywhere else. Yeah. My uncle spent considerable time in jail, and he told me how they make booze in jail. Which is so always mind-blowing to me. In a pinch, I can make that shit. Give me a weekend. Yeah. All I need is, like, what, a toilet and some stuff? Well, there's two ca- you you can do toilet wine, which is unpreferable, even though you'll make more. You'll make more. Yeah, you make more because you can use the whole bowl. Right. Uh, but it, it is also a toilet, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I was and gonna so say if it's not alcoholic enough, nothing. It doesn't kill everything, which makes you drunker in a weird, horrible way. <laughs> but the best you kind. You also get Hep C. You will all yes. Yeah. That's that's an unintentional side effect, you know. But you, you do what you, you gotta you, do. You want to get drunk in the, behind the bars. In jail, they give you bowls that have a seal top so that you can, like, preserve food. You know, put bread in there or whatever. They give that to you in prison? Yeah. I wouldn't even give me a fucking pillow in jail. Yeah, I think jail is worse than prison. Yeah. I mean, I was only in there for one night, so. Yeah. Anyways. They did. Well, they were like, fuck this fucking ratchet kid. (laughs) He is a. Serious pain in my ass. This place is so boring. This is like one fucking 
You know what this is? This is restless leg syndrome. That's what this place is. <laughs> That's not a joke. I have that. That sucks. Me too. I fucking hate it. It is the weirdest sensation, and I only got it since I've become middle-aged, and I fucking hate it. I got it within the last 10 years. Yeah, we're both broken. What's wrong with my body? <laughs> God damn it. I really do think we're both, which is fun because we're doing Fred Rogers. He was a sickly guy. What were we doing? Fred? Fred Rogers. Mr. Fred Rogers. We should call him Mr. Mr. Rogers. Mr. His first name's Fred? Yeah. Does everybody know this? I don't know what people know. Actually, that's what I'm that's what I'm concerned about with this episode. I don't know what people know because I didn't super grow up on Fred Rogers, so I didn't know pretty much anything, and then yeah. I did the research. But if you grew up with him, you might already know a lot of this shit. I don't know. I remember vaguely watching him when I was younger, but I don't think it was like a, a regular thing for me, right? Like some people grew up on the street, right? Sesame Street. That's where I grew up. Yeah. In a, in a, a, a barrio with Muppets. Yeah. That's where my head is still there. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Won't you take me back? Oh, wait. Fuck. And Follow That Bird is one of the greatest American <laughs> films of all time. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Fred. Mm-hmm. It feels wrong saying that, even though I didn't. It's so funny you mentioned that. One of the Mr. Rogers main sources, not maybe not the main source, but one of the sources for this, there's a podcast that came out last year called Finding Fred. And the host would often interview people about him. And anytime they called him Fred, a lot of... The guest would be like, it doesn't... Don't. Yeah, you need to call him Mr. Both because it feels right and because it feels wrong to not give him a, a an honorific title. Yeah. You can have some respect. Him. There's a lot of that. It's, it's Mr. <laughs> he's your... He's your. You don't know him, you sir. You don't know him. You can't just... You know, can't first just, name What, you basis. know fucking Fred? <laughs> yeah. No, you don't know Fred. Mr. Rogers, okay? Yeah, they were serious about that. And that's what I'm talking about, is there are people who hold him to such esteem that I had no fucking idea that was the case. Yeah, when I and I always associate Mister Rogers with like reading Rainbow, like those two are kind of the same, happy, friendly. Yeah, talking to the kids in a very nice, polite. Let's learn. I think PBS probably pay, played them back to back. Probably, know? yeah. They have they are similar in tone, but yeah. I I was more of a reading Rainbow guy. Right. Don't take my word for it. Uh, but Mister Rogers, even when I was a kid, and you know, like you don't remember when you were three. No. So maybe I watched when I was three, but my first memories of it was being annoyed by the pace because it's slow <laughs> and quiet, and he kind of talks down to you in the neighborhood, <laughs> taking like, off my left shoe, and you're like, "Get on with it, dude! I've seen you take off your fucking shoes a hundred times. Just do it. <laughs> Why you put on other shoes? You just had shoes on." Well, he said the routine was important to make kids feel safe. Sure, they, they know what's gonna happen, but as a kid, I was like. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Speed it the fuck up. Yeah. And I think maybe I was just born a cynic because even as a kid, I remember being like, this motherfucker is talking down to me. Like, what are your feelings? Like, I'll figure that out. You entertain me. <laughs> You're in the box. Don't tell me shit. Stranger danger. Fucking looking right into my eyes, you creep. <laughs> so. I liked him. I mean, I didn't watch him regularly, but I remember like, yeah, someone told me about that he did the uh, puppets and that blew my mind because I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's the guy that we, he's at the beginning of the show, you idiot. He comes in, <laughs> he talks to us, and then we go into the other world. And he's not in. 
He didn't do the puppet. He's in the house. Yeah. We were in the train, and we came to the other world. What? You don't know what you're fucking talking about. How? Either. What does what does ju- uh, Fred jump on the back of the train? Okay. Idiot. Yeah, he can't even fit on it. Have you seen the size of it? It's, it's a little tiny. It's like a foot size. It's a little trolley. It's a toy, you dickhead. So I don't know how many voices he did, but I remember finding that and being like, what the fuck? He, he does? Yeah, all those weird-ass puppets was him. Every single puppet? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did all the puppets. See, I'm already learning. This is great. That's what, that's what Fred would want. It's for us to learn. Well, I was going to say, <clears throat> when we first started the show, I know we both started making lists of like topic ideas. Yeah. Towards the top of mind, I've always had Bob Ross, Steve Irwin, and, and Fred Rogers as like, you know, uh, stuff from your childhood that feels untouchable. Yeah. And I want to touch it. <laughs> you want to touch children? No. In kind of a weird way, it That's, sounded like. I didn't. You said that. Oh. I want to touch Mr. Rogers. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. I want to put his cardigan in. I want to stuff it in my mouth. Oh, I'd like to wear his cardigan. Oh. I fucking love his cardigan. That's comfy. We are both cardigan folks. Yeah. It's a little too hot to rep one right now, but I have a, I have a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy one that zips up like him in homage now. Yeah. Because I'm a fan now. I have two shoes so I can take them off and put them on. Wherever I go, wherever, just <laughs> everywhere you walk into a place and you just start singing, making Damn. eye contact with people, taking your shoes off, like, isn't it a wonderful day? Yeah. And then you put on another pair. Everyone's like, who the fuck is this freak? So that's the thing. Fred is a fucking weird freak, but because it translated into gentle child entertainment, uh, he's a hero. Oh, I think you got political too. All right, let's learn. What learn? Let's I learn. Know, obviously, um, uh, I wanted to say, first of all, that what I anticipated was finding some darkness, because that's what I just think is going to happen in the world. You know, because you've got... Are you saying that there's some... some? There's none. Really? He is as squeaky clean as, you're, as you imagine he was. Which is weird, because it can either go one of two ways. Because with someone with that voice that talks that way, because he has a very gentle, soft voice. He's mm-hmm. either squeaky clean... Too gentle. Or... He's a fucking child molester and has been playing the whole entire time. Bam. And you're like, of course, it all it all adds up. He's I, trying to entertain kids. Yeah. Bring your kids towards me. I'm a really nice guy. And then you're like, we should have known. <laughs> Wore the really squeaky clean. Yeah. Like, that trolley was leading to a sex dungeon. <laughs> he was putting kids in there. Yeah, we all trusted him because he seemed like such a nice guy. You know what was wonderful about the day? His boner. <laughs> well, to him, not to anybody else involved. <laughs> That's what he was talking about. But sometimes you get some, you know, legitimate, nice people who are really yeah. just awesome dudes. In a really, or really chicks. weird way. Um, so I was thinking, you know, there's a there's a British uh, child show guy named Jimmy Savile. What? That's a, that's a dumb name. Yeah, Jimmy Savile had a kid show and apparently was a rampant pedophile. Oh, shit. But nobody figured that out until he was dead. Because uh, the, the children didn't come forward. And then you had the guy who uh, was the puppeteer for Elmo in the 90s. Yeah. Pe- pedophile. He's a pedophile? Yep. There's a whole thing about that. What? You can look up. And then not... And then... So we're ruining children. We're, we're ruining everyone's childhood. Well... That's what this episode is. That's what I was thinking was going to happen. But uh, the reason I bring it up at the top here is that Fred didn't touch any kids as far as anyone knows. Oh, good. And I don't have any indication that he did, but that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought we were going to hit Michael Jackson, Bill Cosby level where there's just like, this is weird. And big witty, but you're like, it happened, but we just don't Come on. That's the thing with Michael Jackson. I'm a, I'm a ride or die for him. I don't know if he touched those kids, but what I do know is he was sleeping in the same bed with them. I don't and know any good w- reason to do look, that. If he wasn't touching them, he was creating a, a, 
a very warped sense of the world in those kids, and that's that's not nice of him to do for his own ego or whatever the fuck he was trying to prove. And I'm on the other side of just being like, I'm like, right down, like, yeah, he was fucking touching him and shit. I, I don't have proof. I know there isn't proof. Oh, but Michael? Come on. Like, come on. Come on, Jelly. Come on, Jelly. I'm with you, Michael. I'll go to hell with you. We'll touch children together. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm with you. We're the not children in hell anyway, so what? Yes. They're Actually, not that great either, They're bad right? kids. Yeah. They're bad kids. And we're not going to go. I'm not going to full sex a child. Okay? We're just going to cuddle and watch Michael Jackson videos. And this is why. That's what he did. This is why I cannot. So my work, people at my work listen to my podcast. There's some. I don't Whoop. know how. Whoops. There's like, there's a few of them that I know for sure. Yeah. And, you know, they told me, yeah, I listened to them. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Somehow it is spread out uh, a little bit further than I people I don't know. Your managers all listen. <laughs> no, thank God. But they're doing this thing since we're all in quarantine and shit. They're like, we got to recognize people for their, give them a gold star for their great skills or whatever, right? And yeah, so thanks. someone was like, you should put your podcast up. Like the person who runs the thing. And I was like, uh. Mm-mm, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Not this is not professional. This is not even close to anything. And they're like, I know, but maybe if you put a disclaimer, I was like, oh, oh no, there isn't enough disclaimers to be like, there isn't. You hear what, all we just said? <clears throat> We're gonna go to hell and touch children, and they're bad kids, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, let's not go into my yeah. I don't really understand what you're upset about. I think the logic is pretty solid. I think if anybody has a problem, it's your fucking work not being advanced. <laughs> they're not open-minded enough. Open-minded enough. Yeah. Because the fucking kids are probably murderers or something. I mean, that's how what, else do they get there? That's what hell is. So you need to get punished. Um, <laughs> I have had that problem too, actually. Like, so sorry to whatever. I'm sorry to everyone. We've got we've got bishops and other religious figures listening to us now. They're like, this is actually pretty fucking damn good. Well, that creepy authoritative voice that Fred does reminds me of bishops. It does. It I does have a very. Mormony kind of feel to it, doesn't it? Where it's so cloyingly soft, I want to hit them. Yeah, with my car. But I like, I like Mr. Rogers. At least when I was a kid. I'll tell you this: as an adult, I did. A, I watched a lot of episodes, and um, it's nice. It's 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 so quiet. I think that's how he actually talks to. Him. Yeah, it is. It wasn't until I was much older that I was like, oh, that's not like an act, you know, or his, you know, character. Like he talks that way when he's not on the show. That's exactly, yeah. He wasn't playing a character. That's just who he was. Yeah. Which makes it creepier until you know that he meant, he actually meant it. Yeah. I don't even know how to wrap my, I still haven't wrapped my head around that. We're all figuring this out together. All right. March 20th of 1928. Oh. Fred McFeely Rogers. He's older than I thought. That's weird. That's he, weird. He's pretty old. Um, so. He's he, older than my dad. Didn't he just die recently? 2002. Really? 2002? Yeah. Well, or I'm three, maybe. Way off. I thought he died like a couple years ago. Nope. He's been dead for a while. He is part of the World War II generation. He didn't serve, but uh, he could, he was old enough to. And he was been well, in his 20s-ish? Yeah. Close to it? Yeah. He could have served, but he didn't. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Fred McFeely Rogers. Can you imagine him running around the like, fields? Oh right. my God. All right, guys. Get ready to blow their heads off. <laughs> in a really soft voice. I can't do an impression of anybody, so I can't do one of him either. I would think, uh, I don't remember his name. Remember that, that like, uh, uh, conscientious objector Quaker guy who yeah, went yeah. to Vietnam? Or maybe it was World War II, but he just saved, like, a hundred dudes by sacrificing himself. I think that's what Fred might do. Yeah, maybe so. But I don't know what kind of balls he has for a battlefield. 
know, just staring down the enemy, being like, time to change our shoes. You're special today. <laughs> Reload me. And you see him just taking off a dead guy's shoes and sticking them <laughs> on his feet. And he's like, you're T- next. Today's going to be a wonderful day. Give me his boots. And he gets in a train and just starts. <laughs> <laughs> you see him riding on a people train. Down. Just like with, with a cowboy hat, like, woohoo! It's a wonderful day. Just doing all these other voices. And everyone's like, what is wrong with this man? <laughs> I'm going to make a TV show. <laughs> He's got puppets on the battlefield just fucking with people and. Like, I'm going to make a kid show out of this. Less blood. <laughs> yeah, I'll make L- it. Less blood. I understand this isn't totally appropriate. Okay. <sighs> fucking liberals. Just a bunch of stomach aches. God damn. Bunch of fucking eyesores. Yeah. But he's born to James and Nancy Rogers in uh, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And uh, he loves Pennsylvania. His family is very wealthy. Because they own the McFeely Brick Company that makes bricks that line furnaces. So like real big, specialty, hefty bricks. So they were very rich, and he grew up in a very large mansion. Oh, really? Damn. So he was. they were wealthy as shit. Very wealthy. Okay. Uh, his mom, Nancy, was going to be a doctor, but instead just volunteered at a hospital because that's the kind of Christian she is. And she knit sweaters for the troops or whoever. That's nice. She actually all the cold. All the sweaters you see on Mr. Rogers were hand-knit by his mom. For real? Yeah. How much are those worth now? Tons. I bet. I only know if, because I think his family still has them, because his wife is actually alive or died last year, but there's only one at, like, the Smithsonian, and the rest I think his family has. Oh, that's nice. I think that's good. I want one. I want one, but I'm, I would be content with just one that looks like it. Mm, no, I'm going to rob his family. Fair enough. <laughs> going to hell anyways. <laughs> going to hell Doesn't matter. Anyways. I'm following Michael wherever he says to go. Yeah. I'm bad. And you know it. Your butt is mine. <laughs> I mean, that's how the lyrics go after that. I'm bad. Is it? It is. I remember uh, in the 80s, uh, Prince and Michael Jackson had like a, uh, you know. Rivalry. Rivalry, yeah, yeah. Like a sales rivalry. And Prince was like, that dude is fucking weird and gay. I mean, your butt is mine? What's that about? <laughs> Which was a homophobic thing of you to say, Prince, but. And he's like, purple rain, bitches. Which, can't argue with that. Purple Rain's amazing. There you go. They're both amazing, although there's no accusations that Prince was a pedo, so I sort of have a... I'm very conflicted inside. Mm -hmm. Unlike Fred, (laughs) who is a very committed Presbyterian. Okay, so what kind of... uh, It's it's Christian-based. The boringest one. Like... You think of like white suburban boring Christians is what they are. Okay, nothing, nothing too dramatic. Nothing too dramatic. They like to sing and quietly, though. Careful, guys. We don't want to disturb the neighbors. Don't be too loud. We don't want to make the Catholics mad at us. Yeah. Um, but he was an only child uh, for a while, and he was very introverted, very shy. Yeah. Also, one of those, you know, those fat, sickly kids. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know, you think about like a fat, sickly kid. Sure. Just doping doping around with the sniffles, uh, just being shy and introverted. Was he he a chubby? Yeah, he was a fat kid. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a lot of health problems. You're saying this so, like, just boldly and so confidently. Like, was he, like, went down, like. I don't think he was huge. Oh, okay. But he was chubby. He's rich. Uh, The kids called him Fat Freddy. For real? In school, yeah. He's so skinny as he gets older, like super skinny. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's actually part of the story. His weight. Fuck that man. So he was he was a, a bit of a chunker, and then he, you said he was an only child for a while. That makes me believe that. Yeah, when he was eleven, his parents adopted a a daughter named Elaine. This but whole family sounds nice. They're very nice people. Yeah, uh, when when you think of just fucking nice people, that's what they are. Because even though they're rich, they uh, according to Fred anyway. I mean, I can't prove it, but he said that they gave away most of their money. Oh. They were wealthy enough to live in a mansion and then give away most of their money to whatever causes. Oh, that sounds like sounds like a good family. Yeah, and then adopt a girl. But we have a very sensitive, very introverted and shy fat kid, fat, sick kid. <laughs> and by sick, I mean Wait, yeah. What is he sick with? He said uh, he had asthma. There's actually a quote from him that said he had every imaginable childhood disease, including scarlet fever. Jesus. So we're talking the 1930s. It's probably polio. I was going to say his parents have like the iron lung ready to go. Like, you got everything else. Yeah, they probably bought one and had it ready to go. Luckily, he never needed that, but I think, yeah. (laughs) I hate to make that a stereotype, but fat, sick kid. I didn't know that was even a stereotype. In my mind, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Judgmental asshole. (laughs) So, he's very sad. He's a very sad kid. But he takes solace in his toys. He has a bunch of puppets. He likes puppets. Yeah. And he's very but good at music. His only friends, so. Uh, yeah. And his grandpa, uh, McFeely Rogers. McFeely? What an unfortunate name. Yeah, that's that's Fred's middle name. And he's named after his grandpa, McFeely. Oh, okay. Which, if you've watched the show, uh, the mailman is Mr. McFeely. Oh, damn, really? Yeah, that's that's an homage to his grandpa. But his grandpa taught him how to play the piano, and he got really into into playing the piano and music he's a very accomplished pianist actually oh i didn't know that but yeah weird does he play any of the music in mr rogers all of it god damn he does all the voices so is he just a one-man show they just like put the cameras on get you someone know. to run that shit and then let him go yeah it's insane they're Fuck, dude he's actually just doing it and they didn't even notice and then they brought <laughs> in a camera they're like someone filmed this this is insane have you seen this guy so the guy who like bought that building and was like filling it full of weird shit and puppets like he's just in there talking to the wall <laughs> about how special still, the wall is it's still going off on like how are you today and plays a little song on the piano and at first everyone was terrified and wanted to like throw him in a loony bin but they were like let's just record this <laughs> so see what happens yeah but on tv you know i think he used to be a fat sick kid <laughs> I can tell. Um, yes. So what, is he just constantly like in the hospital or just like at home? Yeah, he's just at home a lot. Yeah. Yeah, sick in bed. And I, you know, I don't like to make things up when I don't know them, but thinking about uh, a kid who's picked on and is really shy and probably, you know, he has asthma, I think a lot of that staying home is, I just can't, I can't handle being there, Mom. I'm sick. And at the same time, uh, we've done many people time where they've been sick as a young child. And those people usually end up becoming geniuses and shit. There's something about that. Like, oh, I'm sick. I can't go out there. I'm going to make use of my time by, I'll be a, a great pianist or I'll fucking learn, I'll yeah. teach myself math or whatever. There's something about being stuck in bed that makes you want to accomplish later. Yeah, not me. I was a sick child too, but I, I was just faking it. I was like, I don't want to go to school, mom. I, I don't, I'm going to tell me ache. Yeah, I I dropped out of high school so that I could sleep in. Yeah. And look what I've accomplished. Yeah, I want to watch Rugrats. What the fuck? fucking hate Mr. Rogers. I just want to watch Ninja Turtles. Yeah, X-Men. <laughs> I'm like the worst example of a suburban piece of shit. <laughs> but it worked out for him. Yeah. Um, He he tells a lot of... 
Mr. Rogers, when he talks, it's just kind of a wisdom nugget machine. So talking about his, his childhood, he said that uh, after his grandfather died, he, he saw his father crying, and that taught him that it was okay to cry. Oh, yeah. And then he also said that his grandpa has a boat, and he was worried that uh, the boat would be gone now that his grandpa's gone, but he felt okay because of all the hard work he learned being on the boat with his grandpa. Oh, that's nice. Just how he views the world as moralistic stories. Positive and... Yeah. Makes me a little sick. Well, they adopt <laughs> his sister Elaine at 11. So now she's around. Yeah. And in high school, uh, not popular. Not a lot of friends. In fact, I'd say no friends. Is he still fat? Still kind of chubby. Poor kid. But because he's a good, probably teacher's pet type, the star football player got injured. And they assigned Fred to bring homework to the star football player. And in doing that, they became friends. And that's how Fred was accepted in high school. So oh, he was yeah. accepted by the, the, the star football the player. The cool football player's like, you're kind of weird, but I don't like your jib. I don't kinda, like you. You're kind of quirky. It's funny. Do a dance. Yeah. You're huh. funny. Do your funny voices. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It's weird that you keep a puppet with you, but I kind of like it. But I, I can't get up and move around right now. Like, so this well, is this nice. is my only friend. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. So don't do that when girls are around, but that's fun. <laughs> that's really fun. This is great. I think we're actually the way Fred the words he said is that he thinks that that, that guy told everybody's like, Fred's all right. He's all right. He's not bad. You know what? He's all right. He's just maybe a little weird. Just give him a chance. Yeah. He's a little quirky, but you know what? He'll bring you his homework. Yeah. He's always got a puppet in his pants. They put him in the last game where he made that last catch and touchdown. They put him up on their shoulders and like. He doesn't belong here, but we accept him. Rogers, Rogers, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It has to be Mr. Rogers. That's how he went in high school. Even right? a fifteen. -year -old. I feel like, even though there's a puppet stuffed in his pants, <laughs> they don't know that. He knows. He he knows, and that's what matters. And he still talks to it. <laughs> I don't want to do homework. Shh, shh. He like homework. We're in class. Homework's good. Yeah, homework is good. It is good for our souls. I feel bad because I, I, I know we're making poking fun. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Because <laughs> like, I, like I said, a lot of people hold him in very high esteem. Yeah. And I do. do find him to be a very nice man. Yes. But we have to. That's what we do. Unfortunately. Because we're terrible. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> also, if I just told you the story of, Miss, of Fred Rogers, what the fuck fun would that be? Like, nice kid does nice thing. The end. Okay, bye. Thanks for subscribing, I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. Anyway, there's a puppet in his pants. <laughs> right. And Naturally. Actually, because he becomes popular, uh, he gains the confidence to be the editor of the school newspaper, and he's on student council, so he's learning how to intermix and speak to humans instead of puppets. That's good. And his dead grandpa. <laughs> and right. he went to uh, Dartmouth College. Really? Yeah. He's really well well educated. I mean, I guess he's rich too, and that helps. And he is also smart. And smart, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. He is very that smart. Also helps, obviously. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, because you got in a fucking Dartmouth. Yeah, you know, it's something. Yeah, I think it'd be. I think that's a hard school to get into. I think so. I don't. No. I I went to a community college. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. I went to the University of Utah for a time. Oh, did you? It's not really prestigious by any. I think it's. I mean. I dropped out. I, mean, I don't think that... As far as around us, that's pretty good. I know. I dropped out to do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that's way better anyways. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Well, he's in Dartmouth. Can't get high on homework. You really can't. Unless you're using it to roll up your dope. But the problem is you you run out of pages. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> better go back to school. <laughs> Gotta pick up some papers. <laughs> Got any of that math papers? You know, we actually used to smoke Bible paper. Did you? And at the time, I was fucking horrified like your little brother did it the same thing i think yep i never got to yeah i mean i was horrified in that like i'm going to hell but nah you're fine i don't think they're i mean i'm going anyway now yeah so i should i should go smoke more bible papers i want to bible papers are great rolling papers are they really yeah i want to go find the one about the holy ghost talking to you like not doing stuff and warning you that's the one i want to rip out and use yeah you got to find the right verse one day we used to cut out the uh the songs of solomon you know, the, the sexy part in the middle there. Oh, yeah. We stapled that shut. Yeah, I remember our cinema, seminary teacher wanted us to staple it shut. I did not. I ripped them out and smoked them because I thought it was kinky. Yeah, it was fun. Like, yeah, did people... you sing the songs while you were like, And thus say unto thee, <laughs> Woo! Motherfucker, this shit's hitting hard. Hi. <laughs> Jesus Christ, God. <laughs> Show me your fruits. <sighs> oh, yeah. I'll stab at thee with my knife. Is that what he says? I don't remember. Cain and Abel. <laughs> yeah, my poor parents. Just, I'm just in the basement. <laughs> and they're upstairs going, God. It's damn. 11 o'clock on a Wednesday, and he's like, he dropped out of high school. He dropped out of college. And, and now he's making songs about the Bible that aren't bad. It's just, I don't think anyone's going to buy it. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of like the melody. Catchy. They are catchy. Uh, All right, let's record them and see if we can do something with this. <laughs> Get his life back on track. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, it's raining, Noah. <laughs> Better get that hardwood together. Set the, set the unicorns. <laughs> anyway. So you said at the end of it, set the unicorns. <laughs> Fuck. God, that's hitting hard. I do my roach clip. Oh, shit. Hey, thanks, though, for bringing the roaches. I'm too high now. I can't fucking collect my thoughts. I'm too high. Oh, man. I gotta lay down. You ever read the Bible, man? It's fucking <laughs> crazy. It's fucking crazy, dude. You do that weird, you just, like, smile crying. This is good, man. It's fucking crazy. This is good. Dude. Yeah. I don't like, sometimes when I'm so high, I watch cartoons to get out of my mind, but the Bible's fucking crazier, dude. <laughs> Check this out and check out my new album. Don't, don't read, don't read it. Don't do this to me. It's crazy. You can't do this. Well, I can't get the whole story because I smoked half of it. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what's going on. I think it's like a euphemism, bro, or like metaphor, or I'm on a pia. Yeah, words are crazy, dude. Words <laughs> are crazy, man. What even are fucking words, man? They're just noises that are out of your face and they mean things yeah. because we say they do. God is it. God is a word. <laughs> God is a word. <laughs> Dude, let's watch Fred Rogers. <laughs> show fucking trips me it's out. It's not Fred. It's Mr. Rogers. Serious? God. Take us to the land of make-believe, buddy. Smoke, you're smoking page out of the Bible, but you're getting upset that you're not saying Mr. Rogers. Have some respect. There are people who feel that way. Yeah. I don't totally agree with them. I prefer Fred. I don't. It's I don't good, like that. It's I don't a good like name. that you're saying it. It's, oh, it makes you uncomfortable. All right, so Mr. Rogers yeah. uh, was at Dartmouth in 1946. So he's in his 20s. Yeah, what I didn't see is if you line those years up, he is prime go-to-Europe age. 
but nothing ever came up that he was drafted or avoided yeah, the draft or didn't want to go to war. Just, just didn't come up in the story. They're like, this guy's too nice. Well, and I hate to say... He's not the war type. Rich kid? Yeah. They can. They tend to be able to pay the right people. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be why it's not mentioned. They drop $1,000 and someone's like, Chris Kringle, look, do you feel comfortable carrying around this metal money with you? <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so... Uh, and if you've been listening to People Time, if you're like 19 in 1960, or sorry, 1946, the World War II is a part of your life, somehow. Yeah. You get drafted, your friend gets drafted, somebody dies, or you work at a place. In Fred's world, World War II didn't even happen. He even didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Because that's what rich kids get to do. Rich kids and ones that talk to puppets. So like, you did not pass the, uh, Nope. Maybe that's what it is. He brought his puppet to the exam when they're going through the draft and like, whoa. Like, do we take this together or is it like I take it then he, my puppet takes it after? Like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, I need to understand before I sign up. And they're like, nope. Please leave. We're going to have a TV show someday. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Go. Yeah. That's what they all say. And that guy later on was like, fuck, he did. That's that fucking weirdo. I remember that guy. Wow. Huh. What a terrible show. <laughs> fucking shoes on after you took him off. What the fuck? Wear the same shoes. <laughs> we would have taught you that in Germany. Fucking rich kid. Well, uh, he was studying diplomacy, but got bored and wanted to just study music instead. Dartmouth doesn't have a music degree. They don't? At what least kind of school is that? They didn't at the time. And he moved down to Rollins College in Florida to major in music and French. Never heard of Rollins. So I don't think it's very prestigious. No. But it's like an art college. Oh, artsy-fartsy. For music folks. Nice. I don't know anything about him. And he met his future wife, Joanne Bird. Oh, uh, that's where he meets her at. What, was she a pianist or something? What she, was she there for? She's a concert pianist. Oh, fuck. She's a very accomplished pianist, actually. Nice. Yeah, very accomplished pianist. Joanne is. <laughs> <laughs> she described him as a lame-ass square. Really? Well, that's my words. Oh, <laughs> that's how she described him then. How did she? Oh, 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 it's her words. Oh, sorry. So she said that in college, uh, Fred <laughs> did not party, did not drink, did not smoke, and dutifully attended church. Oh, so she church. did say he was a lame-ass square. I'm right. sorry. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> but he was studying composition, and so, of course, he worked on their their musicals, you know, for the school. He was, was like, they're like, they made fame. I don't know what they made. Uh, Hamilton? Was that how old is that? Um, it's probably around that time. That's about right. Right? Yeah. Sounds right. I think um, Lynn Manuel. Yeah. yeah. Newsies actually might. I don't old know. Man River. <laughs> I don't know. Could be that. I don't know what musicals they were fucking with. Not, you know, not Oklahoma or anything. But, yeah. uh, he was the piano player, big uh, head of music guy sure. for the musicals. He didn't like being on stage. But he decided that he was going to transition his music to TV. He wanted to work uh, as a the, co- the the composition guy for TV shows. That's cool, yeah. And what was odd about that is when he told his parents, they were baffled because Fred had never watched TV before. They're like, why TV? Why? You mean books? You read a lot, right? You mean you want to make music for books, which makes zero sense. You're an idiot. What are you talking about? How do you even... I think, I think college has made you insane, son. <laughs> You need to come back home with your puppets. Yeah, that's fine. And sleep in the garage. So why why did he choose TV? Was it just that's just what he had in mind? Uh, both because he was thinking uh, it's a burgeoning coming up thing, and this is like a field I can make some money in. 
Oh, yeah. He was kind of interested in it. But he also wanted to make TV less, uh, in in his words, um, a bombardment. Yeah, loud and color. Stupid. Just screaming at you. Yeah, he said the first TV show he ever saw, he doesn't remember what show it was, but people were throwing pies at each other. And he was like, how is this entertainment? And I'm a little turned off that it exists. So he's watching like Three Stooges or some shit. Probably was. I mean, I think everyone threw pies back. Yeah. It's like every show back then was throwing pies. That's that silly ass vaudeville shit that people liked. uh, And he hated it. He did not find it wholesome or useful at all. So he wanted to make it nice. Yeah. He's a very nice man. Good. Yeah. Um, You sound so sick of it. How was the research on this? I'm tired. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was nice. You know, my... It was, uh, everything is nice. My cold, dead heart warmed up one degree. That's nice. And that's as much as... And then it went back down after yeah. I stopped looking at his face. <laughs> he is a very nice man. He's too nice for me to understand. I'm like a bad person. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> Why? Why? Why don't you just take things? All right, look, you are a pedophile. Come on. <laughs> no. Come on. Uh, huh. Huh. Did you ever rob anybody? Not even once. Huh. Did you say, I bet, and I would bet the dude never said fuck or I'm a fuck ya. <laughs> Not once. He's, he's that guy who says like, oh gosh, dang it. Um, I read that according to his wife, Joanne, the uh, the worst curse word he used was mercy. Oh, have mercy. Oh, mercy. Ugh. Like if he said, oh, mercy, then she's like, oh, oh I'm, this oh, is I, real. Everyone chill. Just relax. He's a little bit upset now. And all he does is he just. Puts his hands in his pockets and just kind of, hmm. all right. I all think right, we I'm made it now. figure this out, Fred. Let's go. Yeah, we'll figure this out, I think. Oh, mercy. mercy. <sighs> all right, everyone, he's upset. He's upset. Just let's clear out of here. Just, uh, I mean, you don't really have to do anything. He's not going to do anything. He's going to very calmly burn the house down. <laughs> I think we should have burnt the house down years ago, Fred. <laughs> yeah, you, you were probably right about that. My mercy. <laughs> So, um, let's see. Uh, oh, he proposed to Joanne via a letter in 1952, and she accepted, and they got married, and they had two boys. Did she write a letter back, or was just like, mm-hmm? I think she wrote a letter back being like, I accept I accept the terms of your inquisition. Mm. <laughs> yes. I would like to have a courtship with you, dear. Would you please accept my ring in your hand? And we go into a carriage, mm. or a train, <laughs> and spend the rest of our lives together. Do you solemnly accept? You know what's funny? You just did the voice of King Friday pretty good, actually. The, 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 the puppet. Was that how he sounds? <laughs> that's how he wants to sound official. Once that's uh, Mr. Rogers sounding official. Yeah, when he was writing the letter, it was with King Friday holding the pen. Right. We'll make this official. <laughs> yeah. And then Joanne was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> Sounds good. Fucking weirdo. So she liked him, obviously. I mean, she said yes. Were they like she did. pretty steady beforehand? Yeah, yeah. They, they were going. They were going steady. That's nice. I mean, you know? that that probably no sex. Holding hands though. But but <sighs> limited. Calm down. They were holding it tight, pumping it sometimes. <laughs> no. And then they would back up and be like, "We need to take a break." Whew. Almost got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. I am wet as hell. No, don't say that to me. That's too much. I gotta go. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. There you go, fuck one of my puppets. It's <laughs> to clear my head. <laughs> well, his two sons are John and James, who both did kind of express some, um, I don't know. Did they have kids? 
yeah, they have two sons, John and James, and their sons later on said that it was kind of tough being raised by somebody so wholesome. Like one of them said, uh, it's hard to be raised by what do you say, the return of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a bishop's kid or whatever, right? So exactly, you're uh, you're probably going to be naturally bad, just that rebellion, right? Yeah, it seems like more is expected of you. Yeah, uh, one of them, James, did end up taking that course. He became a hippie drug addict and didn't talk to Fred for many, many years. It's like you're too nice. God damn it, you're fucking weird. We're not talking anymore. I'm gonna go do heroin and listen to Jimi Hendrix. I'm gonna have unprotected sex, and there's nothing you can do about it. And he's like, that's your choice, son. I understand. But first, let me get the puppets to talk through this with you. <laughs> now, James. <laughs> no, I we, hate this. We don't think. Talk to me like a human. It would be very Christian of you to have unprotected sex. He grabs the puppet and throws on the ground. What the? Don't do that to my friend. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Daniel. This child is insane. Yeah, so I, I think that you should stay home with your mother and I. Well, what do the other brothers say? The other son, I mean. Uh, John was just, John's just like, yeah. He's weird. Dad's weird. Okay. But he's a very nice Christian man, and I take example of him. That's fine. That's nice. Fucking great. Yeah. Um, after he graduates, he's got his music degree. He goes to work for NBC in New York and becomes the musical director and floor director on like a ton of programs. So he just writes all the music for their yeah. episodes. And he's also floor director on several programs, which means he's like the... He doesn't direct uh, the setup or anything, but he's the floor director. Like, make sure the cameras are here. Make sure somebody's still in here. The sound works over here. Oh, fancy. Moving the scene transitionally correctly. So he's getting a lot of back scene experience. Which is good for what he will be doing later. Seems like it'll come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how when, like, things lead to other things. How it all seems to make sense. Yeah, when you're a successful person, (laughs) things lead to other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I went to college, and now <laughs> I do a demonetized podcast. Oh, yeah. And if you look at the transition... It all makes sense. It's just a lot of beer, and then here, and then I landed here. <laughs> <laughs> this, is where I, this is where I landed here, right here. Huh. This is the exact same thing that happened to Fred. <laughs> Everything lined up perfectly. Um, he did have a vision to make TV b- better for children. He was in, he was bothered by the the free accessibility of TV and there being no way to stop children from watching shit that's unwholesome. He was very disturbed by that concept, especially after he had kids. Wait, wait, wait I don't wait, say that again. I don't understand. He was disturbed that things weren't wholesome on TV. That's no, the idea. He was disturbed that uh, they were unwholesome and children had the availability to just watch it. Oh, oh, availability to the children. I see. So if everybody had a fucking TV, it was on all the time. Right. And he was very disturbed by that. And he'd actually never seen himself being like a kid's show guy. But then once he had kids and he worked on TV, he was like, something's off. I need to... If I were to make a show, it would be something that wouldn't be unwholesome for whoever's watching. It would be... Every second of it would be very gentle. If you saw the show I watched when I was a kid, yeah, he'd be very upset. Street Fighters and shit. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Ninja Turtles. What am I thinking of? Street Sharks? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's some violent stuff. Gargoyles and shit. Fucking love gargoyles. Yeah. Man. Yeah, a lot of violent stuff. And the female gargoyle was hot as hell. Fred would be very upset about that. (laughs) Yeah. About her stone tits. She's a bit busty. Very busty. And the thing is, always perky. (laughs) Because they're made out of stone. (laughs) It's perfect. Yeah. It's like a bag of sand. 
<laughs> Pakistan, stupid. Um, he also said that TV having advertisements geared towards children was personally offensive to him. Where they like, he said that he saw some commercial where they shot cereal out of a cannon. He's like, how was it? How why did he do this to children? <laughs> children don't need this. I like that he like is on this board already. Like he already saw pretty early on TV being like it's just loud colors being shouted. Yeah, nonsense, useless, whatever. Should be something that may maybe more meaningful. You're broadcasting to fucking everybody. And then as he starts going on and on, he's seeing these like, and, and now you got kids watching. It's, it's just also more not like you're fucking just you're you're putting products in front of them so their parents have to go buy. This is this is just one big fucking make money. Exactly. Who cares a shit about the. The kids. There's a great quote that I wish I'd written down, but now I'm thinking he said that TV trains children to be good consumers. Yeah. And he was just offended by that. He's like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, he honestly felt like he was the only adult in the room. And he's like, probably, yeah. Adults are okay with mind or brainwashing children? What the fuck is wrong with you people? And I fucking bought all of the stupid tricks for kids. Holy and shit. Fruity Pebbles, and I still love them. Oh, and uh, we all have. Here we are. Pre diabetes, yeah. bad teeth. And I'm a grown man that wears shirts with cartoons on them because I was programmed to be like, no, They are pretty cool. They I are also say. fucking cool. Like, <laughs> Oh, shit. Fuck it. He's right. He's goddamn right. No. When I'm a 60-year-old, I'm going to be telling people about how the Ninja Turtles were badass. And I will not. I'm not stopping talking about it. Wolverine. <laughs> and Shredder almost got them. It was, very, it was really very close. But Michelangelo cracked a joke. It brought everybody's morale up. And then they kicked ass. Hey, guys, don't you think it's getting a little cheesy how often we get in this situation? Ah, oh, we love pizza. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, Sar- I want to go kick his ass. Sardines? Is it? Yeah, let's get him. <laughs> yeah. How don't, could, how don't tell, don't make jokes. You do the science and hit things with a stick. A stick? That's your best weapon. Oh, fine. Whatever. Okay, yeah. Right? A stick? Well, then again, what the fuck are nunchucks? I mean, unless you're Bruce Lee, I don't know. Keep practicing. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Fred was right, and it's too late. Yeah. We are weird creatures now. Of the environment that I grew up in, which was just in front of a television. Yeah, and we unabashedly wear clothes that have, like, the company's design on it. And we're just walking around as advertisements. But to us, we're like, nah, my shirt's fly. Big old billboard. Hey, guess where I got this? American Eagle. See? I saw. Yeah. I, I saw that. It's great. It's right there. Yep. So I better go get me one. Yeah, unless you want to look like a fuckface. They have it where it's bigger, where it's like takes up like the whole shirt, like American Eagle. Yeah, of course, well, actually, American Eagle really does. I know <laughs> they have huge letters on their shirt. Yeah, or Nike or whatever. Big giant A and an E. I mean, I'm wearing a hat that celebrates Beyonce. Yeah, but it's Beyonce. But it's still a product. When it's of a god, I don't think it counts. That's true. Actually, Beyonce is not a product. She is our savior. Yeah. Boy, I can't wait for Jay-Z to die. I mean, I don't want him dead. I like the man. Yeah, but you... I'm also anticipating it in a lot of ways. I have some terrible news. For me to swoop in. Even when Jay-Z's dead. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think you... What? You know what? Never mind. You got this, buddy. What were you talking about? Nothing. You and Beyonce are going to be a thing one day. Oh, no, yeah. That's where I was going with it. I can feel it. Man, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to raise Blue Ivy as my own. We're going to be a perfect family. Mm-hmm. Every day of my life will be paradise. Until I go to hell. For for other things. <laughs> from the past. But, um, yeah, Fred, uh, he left New York. He went back to, to Pennsylvania. And he went and applied at a 
you know, like public television wasn't super a thing yet the way that it is now, like with PBS. Yeah. It was hard to get off the ground. And he applied to work at a place called WQED Pittsburgh, which would be a public station. And those are still kind of like a brand spanking new idea. So a lot of people told him not to do that because it's unsafe. But he's like, no, I'm going to do that. He's like, I'm a risk taker. Can't you tell? And they're like, speak up. I can't hear you. (laughs) The guy always changes his shoes. That's your risk. (laughs) Well, he, uh, he became the head composer for a children's show and he's a writer as well for a children's show called the children's corner whoa he didn't okay i didn't know he had other shows yeah in uh in the in the 50s he's a show with an actress named josie carey she hot she's actually quite cute nice it's all black and white but she's cute you know looks like your standard 1950s gal i'd i'd take her to the dance oh yeah we could go steady yeah Hold hands. You guys would be going together? Yeah, we'd be going together. Groovy. We'd chew bubble gum together and go get a Coke. And share it and some ice cream. Yeah. Until mm. Marty McFly gets involved and fucks everything up. No, he fixes it. I don't know. That guy made... He, he definitely created a different future. No, I a mean... A couple like, of times. Yeah. He, him and his mom got a little cozy. What's the problem? Yeah. Well, she was just into Calvine. Yeah. And her friend Josie and I were trying to do some 50s It is stuff. weird that that's how the story was written, that he goes back in time and his mom has the hots for him. And that's that's what they wrote. They're like, that's that's one conflict he has to deal with. You wrote that down. He already has to deal with the fact that he's time-traveled. And his biggest problem is that his, his family's going to disappear because oh his God. parents aren't going to get together because... Because his, his dad's a fucking pussy. What is that about? Kind of a little bit of a uh, Mr. Rogers kind of a look to him. He does kind of look like Mr. Rogers. Very 50s look. But 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 his dad was a peeping Tom. I know. Isn't that fucking hilarious to learn that? Yeah. So uh, what was Kids Corner about exactly? Was it kind of the same idea of Mr. Rogers, like teaching Not kids? so much. At first it was songs. Like Fred would play the piano and he composed a lot of the songs and Josie would sing the songs. Oh. And then they'd play free footage of, like, kids' educational movies. So his wife was not involved in this at all? Mm-mm. Hmm. No, she was raising the kids and being a pianist. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. Pretty big pianist? Huge. Nice. Concert-sized pianist. Throbbing <laughs> pianist. Yeah. She tickled those ivories, if you know what I'm saying. God, we're four. Yep. Well, five, because I think Mr. Rogers is geared towards four. Oh, okay. It's all wholesome, and then you become five, and you're like, penis! Penis! I'm going to pull on it until it hurts. <laughs> what is this? What is this? I have to pull on it. Sometimes it hurts, and sometimes it's good. Um, well, Fred actually said that the free films that they would play, because they were free, they were often sort of frail. Uh, and they it's a live show, and it's a reel-to-reel thing that they're playing for the ch- the children, the free programs. Oh, nice. Um, and it was in uh, 1954, one of the free films just snapped because it was brittle. And they're live, and Josie kind of goes, uh, uh, <laughs> And <coughs> Fred, always on his feet, grabbed a puppet he had in the back of a little tiger. And the walls of the studio were paper so they could have, like, drawings on them. Yeah. And he pushed, he ripped the tiger 
puppet threw a picture of a clock in the wall <laughs> hi josie uh it's 502 and columbus discovered america in 1492 <laughs> bye and went back into the wall and uh then they ended the show and uh they were like huh let's have puppets and so yeah some director's <laughs> like my god how did we not think of this before mine hey hey mr rogers can you do that again do it do the same stuff i can do that <clears throat> i mean um yeah yes i uh, i can do that so do they start incorporating that in the show then it sounds like mm-hmm. and this is because yeah, mr rogers with him. he just pulled out of his pocket oh, oh, i gotta think fast huh. i saw different reasons for why he had that puppet but let's just say uh the fucking grown man had a puppet, mm-hmm. a tiger puppet, and it's actually uh, Daniel the tiger. So is he in Mister Rogers' show? Yep, he's with uh, Mister Rogers here on out. Right? Nice. Daniel's like his favorite puppet. That's right. <laughs> he, he's the tiger. He lives in a clock, and his name is uh, Daniel. Yep, Daniel the tiger. Daniel the tiger. Daniel. I think it's Daniel Striped Tiger. Is his full name? His middle name is Striped. Of course. His family name. Yeah, I like when people name their pets. Uh, names that are like human names. They're like, this is my dog Dylan. I'm like, <laughs> oh, nice. This is my dog Chad. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a good boy. Yeah, he's a good boy. That's true. Like, you don't really name your your dog like Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <or> Troy. <laughs> like, your dog's got a lot of fun names. My dog has a fun name. You know? Louis. Louis's kind of a humany. It's a regular guy name. Yeah. If yeah. you already called him Louis, that'd have been like. More on the... Many people do call him Louis. Yeah. To give him an air of authority. King Louis. Louis. He is King Louis. Yeah. He runs my house. Yeah. Well, one of your dog's name is Atticus. That's a person, but it's not like a regular name anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. Strange aside. <laughs> um, But kids fucking loved it. The show got very popular, and so they got more puppets. Um, So if you watch the Mr. Rogers... Uh, neighborhood show you'll recognize these puppets because they started on this show there's grand pierre the tiger who's a french tiger it's just fred talking in a french accent as a a tiger uh henrietta pussycat uh x the owl and king friday the 13th why king friday the 13th uh they wanted a king they thought it was kind of fun and uh there's so much superstition around friday the 13th thought it'd be funny to they're like, this will make people nervous, some people. <laughs> in the 50s, like, that's a joke. Wow. It's like, oh, no, Friday the 13th, but he's the king. In the 50s, that's a joke. <laughs> you know, things were not as exciting as they are. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't. People from the 50s couldn't handle the media content that we're barraged with on a daily basis. Right. So I think King Friday the 13th was like, <laughs> they're like, oh, ha-ha. what a clever bunch of people. Friday the 13th, bad luck. Okay. <laughs> and also, Henrietta Pussycat. You can't do that now. No. You can't say those words. No. Back then, it was totally innocent and fine. It's all cute. Yeah. It's all fun. Henrietta Pussycat only speaks in meows. He doesn't actually say any human words. No, she just goes, meow, meow, meow. Oh, and, that's right. And Josie that. understands her. Naturally. It's cute. Yeah. Um... Reluctantly, Fred is uh, playing Where the puppets now. did you hide now. the body? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, oh there's two bodies. Meow, 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 meow. Okay. Good thing only I can understand you. You're not going to talk to the police because you can't. Meow, meow. Yeah. You committed necrophilia? Meow, meow, meow. 
Wow. Oh my God. Okay. You're <laughs> way more interesting than uh, all these other puppets. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> um, Kids Corner or Children's Corner, you can find some footage of it on YouTube. You know, it's adorably old-fashioned, really very goofy. Um, they don't super have, I don't know, what Fred figures out later with the puppets. Like, Josie just kind of talks to him and they fucking dick with her. Like, <laughs> Daniel... The tiger uh, just makes her say and do things that she doesn't see coming, and it's sort of kitschy and fun. <laughs> like, she just said, I'm bored one day, and he's like, cool, put your arms out in front of you, and then lean back and whistle. And so she leans back, and yeah. she's like, what was that? He's like, you're a teapot. <laughs> and then he left. Uh, she was like, got you, bitch. That's really what it was. She was like, oh, shucks, Daniel. You God got damn. me again. All right. So put your hands up, drop your pants, <laughs> bend over, <laughs> and go. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. <laughs> what was that? You're dumb. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel, just, you clock tiger, you. You just took instructions from a hand puppet, you stupid <laughs> ratchet bitch. <laughs> uh, well, uh. well, they do this silly shit uh, for... Seven years, 1954 to 1961. And during this time, in his downtime, Fred is going to the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary to study as a, ba- uh, a minister. Wait, wait, Mr. Rogers? Mm-hmm. Did you get a degree in uh, religion? Yeah, he got a Bachelor of Divinity. Yeah, so MLK had a... Uh... Started out with a bachelor's in divinity. He actually ended up getting his PhD, I think, in it. But yeah, Fred never does. But it's, I think it's the same thing. And like with MLK, I don't know what the fuck they study. They study angel wings and how they evolve into spirit, mm-hmm. God, yeah, the holy ghosts. I mean, that's a lot of things. It's definitely bachelor worthy. Yeah. Like, how many feathers are on angel wings? What are their aerodynamics? This is stuff that not everyone knows. You have to go learn. Can they throw lightning? Some. Some. See, and I have no idea. I've never been to the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Me either. I'm just making this up. Oh. <laughs> Damn it, Daniel. Aww, you I, got me. I got you, you bitch. <laughs> what a wholesome program. <sighs> yeah, so angel dick size. <laughs> yeah. That's a class? That's, oh, yeah, definitely. Fantastic. There are some sad angels in heaven. Oh, that's sad. You think Michael has a tiny dick and that's why he's so angry all the time? Yeah, that's why he's like, I gotta be in charge of the army. I gotta kill him! Yeah, well, I haven't heard Michael Angel Michael in a long time. Yeah, he hasn't made an appearance. In like 20 episodes, it seems like. Yeah. Do you know we have like 70 fucking episodes now? 70-something? 75, I think? That's weird. That's really strange. Michael the Angel! <laughs> That's a tiny dick, and I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. So got well, a big sword to compensate. That's what you got to do. Yeah. It's uh, and Fred knows all about that, which is good. because yeah, he learned it, not because of not because it's completely stupid, <laughs> right? But because it's important. He has a bachelor in it. Yeah. And he is ordained a minister when he is 35 years old. And when you become an ordained minister, you are given a task. Lead this church or run this program. And he is the first person ever to be ordained to 
teach family and child values through the medium of television. I had no idea that this is the direction that I was going to go. Yeah. So it's a religion, religious based. It's a hundred percent religious based. Weird. It's all Presbyterian Christian. Hey, you could have gone different route. You could have just been asking people for money for a vial of water, and he was like, "It's holy water. It's two hundred dollars." And people, and then you buy a mansion, and and then you're a minister. Yeah. I mean, we did Oral Roberts. That guy was a horrible human being, right? At, yeah. le- at least Fred meant well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think so. I think he meant well. But, you know, you go to that Divinity College, you hear the voice of Michael screaming at you about <laughs> hookers and his little penis. And you're like, I need to do something useful with my life. Yeah. And I'm going to have a kid's show. So is this where he starts to do Mr. Rogers? Yep. The show? Well, so if, what he, he starts, uh, first he goes to the Pittsburgh Uni- or University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Child Development because of this ordination. That's actually really smart. So he actually didn't just be like, this is what I think. He actually was like, i got to learn. Got to learn about child psychology. And then be able to apply that to be helpful. Which, interestingly, was not a real big thing. Like, I guess prior to the 50s. Nobody gave a shit how you're getting. Hit him. Just, he's acting stupid. Hit him. He said something like, beat him. Yeah. Cut me a switch. Hey, mind your own business, neighbors. This is my business. No, no, you're right. Matter of fact, I was just coming over to watch. If, if I can get a swing in? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been a little shit today, so come <laughs> over here and help me out. He shit his pants again. Oh, my goodness. Bend over. We're going we're gonna to beat. We're going to beat the shit back into you. Until you learn to poop in the toilet like a person. And that child grew up to be a serial murderer, and when I go to hell, him and I are going to Hang out. Hang out. Call he, whatever you want. He stinks. He still shits his pants. And I hit him for it. <laughs> this is <laughs> all you understand. <laughs> well, they, so what I did, I didn't, had no idea about this. Uh, people used to see view children as just l- little adults. Okay. And you just need to put fancy clothes on them and be like, here's a horse, kid. Go ride a horse. Here's a gun, kid. Here, go shoot stuff. Here's a shovel. Go get into that mine until you get black lung. You're... You're just a you're a person. No one knows microscopic silvocinocloniosis. What what happened? Black lung. Yes, for such a horrible disease, a very sexy name. Yeah. Yeah, rolls right off the tongue after. I think it took me like an hour to learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> well, you worked it's in the mine. Waste I think of time. You have to know how to say that. No, I'm. But uh, somebody taught me it in mm. like elementary school. Well, because everyone was like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Well, we had a buddy who was like, "That's not a real word." And then yeah. he was like, "What is the longest word?" Well, and then he taught me, and now I sound like a fucking asshole. Y- yeah, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Eh. So, yeah, Fred forgives you. No, oh, he always does. Um, Fred started studying under a woman named Margaret McFarland, who is considered one of the progenitors of child psychology so she was actually looking at kids and be like they're not just like full-on adults yeah they're just tiny they did like the concept that kids don't understand things the way we do wasn't totally understood (laughs) which is kind of ironic when you think about how that all yeah they don't understand that kids don't understand the way they do because they didn't because they didn't ask or something (laughs) understand just a loop of like, very... I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's the whole human history. I don't know why he doesn't fucking get it. If you think, uh, b- before this, most children, you know, go work on the fucking farm. Go sell yeah. a newspaper. 
you know, everything was about economy. And then if you were rich, it didn't matter what you did. So you rode horses and you were fancy. But yeah. once it became suburban, it was like, these kids have all this time in the middle of the day. And they're not acting like people. They have different ideas. And I don't like it. <laughs> they have sticky hands and they Tell me what, smell. what's going on in your fucking head. Margaret, figure this out. I don't like hanging out with him. He's not like people. I can't just drink with him. He has no idea what the score of the baseball game is. Doesn't even seem to care. I told him it was the eighth inning, and he just went goo goo gaga. So I hit him, but that didn't change him. <laughs> it didn't make him understand baseball. Fucking kids. Yeah. So Margaret McFarlane, and there's also a, a guy named uh, Dr. Benjamin Spock. Oh my God, his last name is actually Spock. I actually think that's where the inspiration for Sp- Spock comes really? from. Yeah, but. Fun so, fact. He actually, uh, Spock is like one of the greatest selling authors of the 20th century for books about child psychology. And I really hope that just every child you saw, just live long and prosper. You're going to make it, young one. Don't worry. And they, they teach you how to do the uh, Vulcan death grip. Oh, man, yeah. So your kid is getting nasty, you just grip him. Yeah, is your, is your, son, is your father hitting you pretty hard? Give him one of these. Grip him. Uh. Like you just lay your parents out like, ah, ah, <laughs> I'm going to eat candy for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, Margaret McFarland's uh, child-rearing philosophy was about how children need to be uh, shown compassion and intense uh, attention to, yeah. to, uh, to facilitate correct learning and morality. That their minds are actually developing. They're not just like instantly like oh you're on my level i got you yeah that things that happen to them are on a higher intensity level than us because they're still goopy and learning (laughs) goopy so when you're mean to them that's deeper than if adults are mean to each other yeah and that's what she was saying and it sounds obvious but that's like a thing they're like that's what's going on are you sure yeah i mean my father hit me and i'm fine i mean i fucking kill people but they were asking for it yeah they weren't doing what i was wanting them too just like my i didn't do with my dad and yes i spend eight maybe nine hours staring at the wall while carving my or sharpening my knife yeah. just not thinking about anything <laughs> just sharpening Shing. just Shing. sharpening it Shing. thinking about my father's dumb face yeah. I just, I don't fuck, i'm fucking healthy as hell i don't even know why we wear clothes <laughs> <laughs> when i'm hot i just cover myself in mud <laughs> let the sun bake it off yeah I'm healthy as fuck. Puppets. So, <laughs> <laughs> All the puppets. Well, and uh, Benjamin Spock, uh, he advocated for a similar thing where he said the children needed to be treated with extreme compassion. So Fred was like, if, I'm, if this is my ministerial ordination, I need to learn about this. Kids need to be treated with uh, kid gloves, if you will. Yeah, that is a nice uh, good. And, and he agreed. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, this whole coddling thing might be why boomers are terrible, but um, maybe I'm not a psychologist. I do know that the generation prior to boomers uh, kicked the Nazis' ass, and then the boomers came along and just complained. So yeah, well maybe maybe we just need to learn that you just need a healthy dose of both, like kind of like a really bad boyfriend who hits you but then tells you he loves you and he's really sorry about it all. So I mean, he's compassionate and he's tough love. <laughs> Oh, it's so terrible. I can't even get through it without... He hit you because he loves you. Oh, it's so bad. If someone's hitting you, fucking get out. <laughs> yeah, we can't even make a joke I about can't that. even, yeah. It's, it's, just, too, it's too rough. I don't know how often that 
might arise in dabblers' lives, but if you have an abuse of anything... Yeah, reach out to the people time, and we will... <clears throat> or even, uh, uh, I won't say names, but I have a, a cousin who's um, it's the opposite. He's skilled. The, the wife is m- very, very mean. Oh, yeah, I've been in one of those relationships. So, yeah. whoever's treating you like shit, kick him in the genitals and leave. And get out. And Safely, as e- you can. Email us, and I'll figure it I'll find them for you. Yeah, they won't know our names. So when we're they beating don't... their ass, they'll be like, I don't know, some guy, he called himself Tim one second, and then <laughs> Poopy Pants a second. I want to be Kyle. They no, you. I want to be Kyle. Carl. No, I'm, no, wait. No, call me Jazz Penis. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to hit this guy with my penis. And the police report will just be muddied up with that like, kind of shit. What the hell happened? But anyway, you'll be safe, and somebody will be dead. And no one will know who, it, who I haven't. No. Yeah, it's, it's really what Fred wanted for the world. Perfect. Fred Rogers advocated for all of this in his programs, where he looked directly in the camera like, murder your enemies. So he's, like, building the whole entire thing himself as far as, like, what the show should be about, how it should be laid out. Well, so what happens is after he gets his degree in child psychology in 1963, he accepts an offer to create his own show for the Canadian Broadcasting Company in Toronto. That seems like he should have already been Canadian to start with from how nice he is. It does seem like the sorry type and that he would like maple syrup. It does. Yeah. It's weird. You know, I think maybe that's why he liked it up in Toronto. Yeah. And he seemed to have a good time. But up here, he designs a show that's just called Mr. Rogers. And it's basically Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, so there's there's a difference. Yeah, it's not quite as polished, but it has him singing songs, playing the piano, puppets, him looking to the camera and, and giving the whole you're special deal, yeah. uh, informed by uh, Margaret McFarlane, who actually uh, attaches to Fred in his success and becomes his uh, child psychology consultant for the next, how until she dies, like 30 years later. That's nice. So he's being academically informed as well. Mm, that makes sense. Don't be... Be responsible when you're dealing with children. Don't just make shit up. Be like, yeah. tell them they're special, and then also, it's okay to rub your nipples all the time. Just, uh, it's part of the development. I just made that up. I just, uh... But the thing is, like, it does feel good to rub your nipples. Really like, good. if you get it the right... We're trying to make them feel good. How else do you do it? Or, like... <laughs> like... <laughs> In the middle of a children's program, be like, you know when it's cold, your nipples get hard? It's kind of fun, right? Flick them. It's kind of cool. Just do it. No. Try it out. It's not going to hurt you. Huh. You know? If your parents in the room, tell them to leave. <laughs> this isn't for them. This is for you and me. This is for children's only now. Parents, please leave. This is for development. Okay. Right, are they gone? Good. Good. Put a diaper on your head. <laughs> and dance around like me. I own a kid show. I own a kid <laughs> show. Ooh. This is also This is all the psychology I got from my uh, my degree. So I have several degrees, actually. So... <clears throat> no, I'm not informed by a, a psychologist right now. She isn't in today. That's why this episode is different. No, I haven't had beer for lunch. I have though. No, I don't. I haven't watched The Simpsons. But I've seen a, a couple clips in my entire life. That is bananas I, to me. I know, but there is one clip I have seen. <sighs> I can't even believe that. And it's Mr. Rogers, and he's wearing a sweater, and he's drunk, and they're. Telling him that he has to keep his sweater on. And he's like, no. And he's trying to take it off. I'm like, you have to keep the sweater but on. But I'm hot. But I'm hot. 
<laughs> that's, that's like one of like five clips I've seen of the Simpsons. Which I wish there were, you know, Mr. Rogers bloopers where he's had too much to drink. Because <laughs> I would like the man more. Yeah. I already respect him, but he didn't have a, a drop of alcohol his entire life. Yeah, didn't cut loose a little bit. No. Like his wife called him, he's a lame ass. <laughs> <laughs> her words, not ours. Her, her, her words. Basically. Me paraphrasing her words. Yeah. He's lame. Um, square, <laughs> lame ass square. Um, so Daniel the Tiger was a really big hit on the Mister Rogers Show in Toronto. Even though Fred was not a ventriloquist, what he would actually do is sit down with Daniel on his hand, and he'd talk to him. Hello, Daniel. How you doing? And Daniel would go, I'm doing well. How you doing, Fred? And uh, he would talk with his lips, like he he didn't want to make the children think that Daniel's a real thing. He's like. No, I'm talking as Daniel. This is all... It's a toy. It's for fun, guys. So he's not like ventriloquisting it or having the camera cut to like where you can't see him. It's all... Exactly. Fred could learn ventriloquism, but he was very insistent that children understand that this is for fun and it's fake. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't trick children to thinking because you this don't want to... This is a real thing. Well, his show is geared to two-year-olds. Yeah. They might think Daniel the Tiger is a real character that they can meet in the real world and he doesn't, he doesn't want to lie to children. That's nice. He's, See, he's, he's too goddamn nice. well thought out. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, after a few years in Toronto, the show is going well, but Fred and Joanne, maybe they're just patriots, but they want to raise their kids back in Pennsylvania where they grew up. They want to go right back to where Fred grew up. Nice. Because who the fuck wants to live in Canada? Not Canadians, I guess. Exactly. Bunch of fucking hosers. <laughs> I'm not going to get worked up. So they moved back in 1967. Fred uh, thinks, maybe I'll just work for the church. You know, I don't have a TV program. But there was uh, another public platform uh, for TV called the Eastern Educational Network that was just getting off the ground. And they were like, hey, you did a cool show a few years ago. You did a cool show in Canada. Come do a show here. So Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is born in 1967. Holy shit. So it ran for a long time, too. Oh, hella. Damn. It's not running anymore, right? No one took over. There's no more Mr. Rogers new episodes, is there? Not new. There are, I mean, it reruns indefinitely, but there is a cartoon called Daniel the Tiger that has a similar vibe, but it's a cartoon. Oh, really? But Someone... Daniel stars in it. They just branched off and got a voice actor to do Daniel. Yeah. Well, and Fred is not a voice actor. Like, anybody could do... Yeah. Daniel talks like this. The king talks like this. It's just regular. Right. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then uh, Grand Pierre is just Daniel, but with a French accent. Like, <laughs> he's really not that much of a performer, no. but he didn't want to be either. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's not really his get. I like to think of this, though, that someone's, like, calling him a hack. It's like, <laughs> it, really, he couldn't do a ventriloquism. He tried. Now he's got this excuse. I mean, have you even heard it? He can't. Dan, have you noticed Daniel sounds exactly like him, but with a higher voice? It's yeah. not even... You guys cracked that code, you idiots, you two-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't figured that out Morons. yet? Morons. Hit him. Let's go back to that. <laughs> you look at I can't hit you anymore like we used to be able to, like my parents did to me. I'm going to go sharpen my knife. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to the garage. Of course, as long as you're not hitting me anymore, that's fine. What'd you say? Uh, turkey will be ready in like a minute. Goddamn woman. I had the healthiest parents of all time. Let me take my clothes off. <laughs> I'm gonna weed myself a sweater out of just out of weeds. I'm gonna stand on top of the hill, stare directly at the sun, hear the hear the voice of God. Just scratching nonsense into the wall with his knife, just 
stick figures with boners and just random words like nipple pussies. This means something. <laughs> My parents hit me. I hit me back. I deserve it. No, daddy, no. Yes, daddy. With my knife. This is dark for Doctor for Mr. Rogers. Doctor Rogers. Well, this is a gentleman who grew up without Doctor Rogers. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. That's you know if you bachelor Rogers. If you have kids, yeah. I don't think you get a title when you have a bachelor's degree. You're still a piece of shit. Piece of shit. You gotta get up much higher before you, know, you funny. start a title. We both dropped out of college and we're as honorific as somebody with a bachelor. So what up? Yeah, what? You got a fucking title? Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, you got bachelors? You getting called bachelor? Now you getting called Mister? Ooh, I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, oh, I make money. Oh, boy. I'm not starving to death. Sit on the money, huh? Oh, I'm not scrounging up quarters to buy beer. Ooh, <laughs> dicks. <laughs> Parents hit me too. <laughs> I'm well adjusted. Where's my knife? So they they go back to Pennsylvania. They got this new show going on. Brand new. And is this... his wife's involved yet? Joanne never gets involved in the show. What the fuck? What is she doing? Raising the boys. Be and, a part uh, of it. God. Being a concert pianist. Fine. Do your she, own thing, I guess. She plays in like, you know, shit that like your wife might drag you to. That's really nice. But there's a. <sighs> Yeah, there's like a whole thing going on. And there's a piano player where you're like, that person went to college. Yeah. That's what Joanne does. Okay. Yeah. And I think she makes more money than Fred because Fred works for public television, which means not a lot of money. Nickels and dimes. But uh, again, a very, very admirable man. Hell yeah. Didn't care. Wasn't in it for the money. He could have sold probably, his image. Was he said that like kind of like, did he end up getting his parents' money kind of a thing scenario? Well, there's that too. Yeah. Family money. There you go. See? I, he never wanted for money. That's a good thing, though. Like, right? If you, uh, if you, if you inherit yeah. a bunch of money and you're set for the most part, or entirely set, yeah, and you go and do something admirable, hell yeah, okay, yeah, good for you. Make a kids show and be constructive for toddlers instead of whatever uh, rich people and do. Booze and what I would do, yeah, yeah, just it, those politician parties. You know what's going on. I don't know. Yeah, the ones where, like, Jeffrey Epstein is near. He's, like, eight-year-olds around, yeah. Yeah, and you just don't talk about it because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Like, you don't want to get Bill Clinton in trouble. He's Bill Clinton, you know? Or die yourself, because I'm sure they there's there's enough money for uh, hush. Oh, yeah. The uh, murders. But if it's, if it's 1998, you're at a party with eight-year-old Filipino boys, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton. All of them, yeah. And I'm not saying you're fucking these kids. No. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're there. You don't tell people you were there. <laughs> you just don't. You just do the cocaine and have the evening. <laughs> you know? I don't know what's going on in the back room. I don't know. I, don't, I didn't Could've go in anything. I didn't go in there. I mean, okay, I did go in there, but it's not like I did anything. I mean, maybe I did. It's not like I took pictures. I mean, I did take pictures. <laughs> it's just, I threw them away. I mean, they were in my basement, but it's fine. This is very dark for Mr. Jeffrey Rogers. Epstein's dead. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, that's usually what rich, spoiled bitches do. Yeah, he uh, did good. He really did. I like to think that if my parents were rich and gave me a lot of money, I would be a good guy. Not me. I'm not a good guy right now, but if I, if my parents were rich, I'd probably be a good guy. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably, why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. I would definitely buy an island and just live there. Yeah. And just tell everybody to fuck off. That sounds nice too. Can I can I change my answer from the good guy thing? To... 
I mean, you know, take an island girlfriend, fish. Five of them, whatever. Just pulled the uh, doesn't matter. Leonardo I'm, DiCaprio. I'm buying them anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to be there, but no, money. It's, it's an island. Where the fuck are they going to go? <laughs> and look. The implication. I'm not a monster. They're of age. Okay? Yeah. And I'm not a monster. Yeah. It's just they can't leave. Right. Because they, of the implication. And, and they better cook. Because of the implication. Where's my knife? I'm going to sharpen my knife. So, this is pretty exciting for Fred. He writes every script. He writes all the music. He does all the production. Like, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is Fred. He does all of it. That's awesome. Yeah, obviously as a crew, but yeah, he does everything. Yeah, they're, they're just monkeys. i got to run the cameras. Who yeah. are they? Shut up and do it. Yeah. But I'm hot! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, interestingly, I do suggest as an adult that you go back and watch it. There's a few episodes, uh, on Prime. It, it tonally comforting. Yeah? It is. I think he, I, I vaguely remember him doing some kind of heavy stuff too. He did do heavy stuff. Like something about like death or at least the loss of a family member or something like that. Well, one. Trying to address that in like a really appropriate way. Yeah. He liked to have theme weeks. Yeah. He'd have a theme week about divorce. And this is much later, like the 80s, when that became prevalent. But When everybody was getting divorces. Right. Like yeah. when my parents got a divorce. Yeah. And then I stopped watching Mr. Rogers and went <laughs> to Batman, and now I have a really violent sense of self. <laughs> but that's fine. That's totally not related. But it doesn't seem to be coming out like he had, a podcast or anything. <laughs> he had divorce weeks. He had, uh, yeah, like your friend dies, or even has like you're being bullied, or it's the first day of school, and he Which would make that a thing. Probably the only time people really talk to kids about it, I would imagine. I wasn't giving those talks, especially because I think like the whole divorce thing, people would probably like more hide it and be or be ashamed of it or whatever. Like, oh, my parents, like their parents aren't divorced, mine are. Mm-hmm. Don't want to, and my parents aren't talking to me about it because they're too busy fighting over money and custody or whatever, and they're like, using me in their. Oh yeah. So I guess I, uh, this well, is just my life. What was even worse for me, and I don't want to make this a, a sob fest. Go on. You all right? I can no, but Mr. Rogers. what is important about Mr. Rogers is that my parents' divorce, I don't feel defined by it now, but as a kid, totally. I'm sure. Because it, it shatters your sense of world. And yeah. Without that dude giving you that comforting advice... There are many children, I'm sure, did gain a lot of confidence and some some uh, emotional, whatever. Well, even just someone telling you that that's okay, that it's okay to cry, it's okay that this scenario is happening, doesn't mean that your parents don't love you anymore. Does it? Does I mean, it mean some that? Pe- some people maybe, but <laughs> does it mean that? You know, him telling you that probably feels pretty good. Where's my knife? <laughs> I uh, after my parents' divorce, we went to. I don't know what it was. It was like a whole class with other kids whose parents had been divorced. Really? With like a psychologist. And I did not fucking want to be there because I was like, this, don't, bitch, don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me what's good for me and all these other rejects whose parents <laughs> didn't want them. Oh, no. <laughs> Look at them like, losers. <laughs> Your parents didn't even fucking want you. They're actually still together. They're divorcing you. They like me. <laughs> they just don't like each other. <laughs> the kid fucking with everybody else. Just... Where's the fucking juice? Having it's a hard time juice. with it. <laughs> Give me your juice. Fuck this. <laughs> They're like, what you need is Mr. Rogers. And he's like, he talks down to me. <laughs> I don't like that fucking guy in his sweaters. Where's my juice? <laughs> so so it's warm. Warm apple juice. Ugh, has a weird smell. Yeah, warm apple juice. It's piss. Yeah. Warm apple juice <laughs> is piss. So gross. So 
Um, most notably to the new show, and I don't know if I need to walk you through it. The one of the newer puppets is a uh, uh, Lady Elaine Fairchild. I mean, what one was she? She's like the mean looking one. She's a really scary looking face. <clears throat> well, this is a good idea to introduce the children. One of the reasons I didn't watch Mr. Rogers as a kid is his puppets freaked me out. Yeah. And Lady Elaine Fairchild is a very ugly looking puppet. What, what was the personality? She's supposed to be mean? Yeah. Oh. She's mean and she's uh, she, she's actually the smartest puppet because they usually get mixed up in some make-believe fun. And she's the only one who talks reason, but she's often mean about it. You idiots don't even fucking understand, do you? The greatest part about her is Elaine is Fred's adopted sister. Oh, really? So why he made a puppet like that? It's like, you get this one. <laughs> it's my show. I don't care. You're adopted. You know that? There, in one of the documentaries, uh, Elaine is asked about that. And she goes, I guess that's how Fred felt about me. She really said that? Yeah. Well, she like, But she was joking at all. Cheeky about it? Uh, yeah, she was being cheeky, but uh, he did also do that. Yeah, but and maybe he already had the character and then was like, I know who can play this. I'll just get my sister. She's honestly, cool. As an adult, Elaine Fairchild is my favorite puppet because, yeah, she's a shit talker. And she tells everyone to shut up. Right. And when they get mixed up and stuff, she's like, y'all better knock that shit off. She's a hard ass that gets shit done. Yeah, she's a bitch. I like a bitch that gets shit done. Yeah. Love it. Sometimes it's what you need. Yeah, you need a puppet bitch to tell you what to do. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't seen the show, I'm not going to, like, condescend you. But, you know, you know, you know the get down. He walks in the door. He sings his song. What he a wonderful day in the changes neighborhood. from his jacket to his uh, cardigan. As we mentioned, are all hand. Where was he? He's always coming inside. He's never, I don't remember him ever being like. Where's he coming from? I just woke up and I'm coming down the stairs to come talk to you. It's always like. Oh, <clears throat> the concept of that was that he's coming home from work the way children get. Happy to see their parents come home from work. Oh, that makes sense. Well, that's, that's why he's smart. wearing like that's why he's wearing like uh, work shoes that and he changes jacket. for his sneakers. Right. And that was a whole get where he was like, "I'm gonna put on a comfortable sweater and comfortable shoes because I'm gonna hang out with you for a while." You can bet on that. I never realized that he's changing shoes into like. Dude, that whole show is, it's a an intentional mind fuck in a good way. Right. 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 He's manipulating these children I'm into feeling father. good. I'm coming real, home. I'm your real dad. <laughs> This is what your dad should be doing. He's a pile of shit, though, so I'm here to help take up. Okay, kids. Grab it for 20 minutes. Grab a mirror. Look at your face. And look at mine. <laughs> we, are, we are one. <laughs> who, who is your real father anyway? Have you noticed that we, we look the same? Look at my eyes. Look at my sweater. Oh, my God. It's like, uh, what's his name on How I Met Your Mother, thinking his dad is for the Price is Right guy. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Bob Barker. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing, the whole production, the whole composition, you know, his his minister training, everything about the show is just Fred to the T. I didn't know that he had all this backing, though, of religion, and uh, that was part of the reason why I did it. And then he also actually had child psychology underneath him as well. Yeah. I thought it was just some guy who was like, this sounds like a good idea. Like, See, that's what kids need. And I'm glad that that's the case because if he hadn't been educated, that soft tone of voice would scream creepy to me. But he's yeah. doing it intentionally. Right. Because right. he's like, yeah, you know, from, from what we've learned about kids. kids, they like that. Yeah. They don't like, hey, you dumb fuck, learn some shit. Well, they also do like that, but it's not as good for them. <laughs> right. Watch me shoot this cereal over this person's face. Tits. Oh, yeah, face. Tits, yeah, and then pour milk on it. <laughs> Give me, give me a children's show. Um, just 
fruity pebbles all over tits. Well, and <laughs> just dumping them on there. I hope that's a video I can find somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> just the commercial of them, just like buy some fruity pebbles, kids. I, I we incorporated breasts because they just got off of wean from. Look, you just don't understand. We, Milk is uh, a whole thing. Come on, come on. It's not. It's not sexual. Now the fact that it's Pamela Anderson is separate. That's she was the model available at the time. She's a very uh, skilled model. We wanted a we wanted a professional. Yep. She, I, I banged her later. I did. It was awesome. On a bed made of fruity pebbles, <laughs> just all fruity pebbles. Just a, a bath of milk and fruity pebbles. I got that video too. <laughs> it's the next commercial. Well. For for Fred starting in the late 60s, you know, 1968 was like a hellscape of hippies, Vietnam, race rights, assassinations. Things are a bit crazy. It gets a little bit bad. Well, Fred in 1968 <laughs> um, <clears throat> knew that if he repeated the same routine as we were talking about before, it would help calm these children during these very insane times. Um, what's crazy is that he... Um, the first run of shows was like radical, just it, random. Well, radical in that like radical, awesome politically. Tubular. Oh, okay. In, in that, okay. So the very first show, the first five shows, sorry, the first week. Yeah. Was um, I don't remember what it's he like communism. What? <laughs> you said it was like radical and political, right? It's oh. Like, commies well what i mean is that it's a children's program but he'll he 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 fucks with anything so like the first show is he's worried about vietnam and what makes people go to war so the the land of make-believes narrative for the first week is that king friday is worried about and suspicious of foreign invaders so he builds a wall around jesus make-believe uh-huh and the whole week is him getting more and more suspicious and afraid of invaders and, of course, it's a kid's show. King Friday takes the, the wall down after the other townspeople put float balloons over the wall with nice, oh, that's cute. loving messages like, I love you. And then King Friday was like, well, we better take the wall down. But telling children that building walls creates wars and being afraid of invaders is wrong is not a kid's show theme. Sure. That, was, that was what he started with. So, um, Why? Because he didn't want to lie to children. I mean, yeah. uh, MLK was recently murdered or assassinated. Shit. Vietnam is ramping up, and he knows that children know that something is happening, and so he wants to explain it to them with puppets. That's cool. I find him to be admirable in that That's sense. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got? Uh, the first f- run of episodes is really insane. Um, so... Shortly after he started the show is when um, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. All right, JFK's brother. Right. The country went a little bit crazy because JFK was killed, MLK was killed, um, Malcolm X was killed. So when RFK, he was sort of the last prominent person in the 60s to be assassinated. It kind of hit ahead where everybody was like, what the fuck is with people being murdered all the time? Yeah. And Fred didn't want to explain murder and assassination to kids, but he did also. So he had this, honestly, I think the segment is amazing. Uh, we're in the land of make-believe, and Fred is never in the land of make-believe. He's the puppets. And okay, so he always stays in <clears throat> just his house. Yeah. Like you were saying when somebody explained that he did the puppets. Because. Like, no, the land of make-believe is separate. Yeah. But 
Because he doesn't voice it for the puppets. He's back at home. Yeah, the puppets are their own people. He's still in the house. We rolled the trolley here. Yeah. That's how we know we're in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, Daniel the Tiger is a very uh, nervous character. He's always a little bit scared of monsters or something going on. And he hands the woman, and I couldn't find the actress's name, uh, a balloon. He's like, will you please blow this up for me? She blows it up and then lets the air out. And he goes, um, can people lose all the air in their body and then die? Oh. And she goes, well, that's not how, how bodies work, Daniel. You're, you're okay. And then there's a moment of silence. And Daniel goes, what's assassination? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's how they that's how they cross into that. That's how they segued into that. Okay, so and it was he didn't solve it. I mean, he just said, well, she explained to him that assassinations when one man kills another man and it's for reasons that uh, are to that man, but you're safe and your family's safe. And it was strange. Wow, what a weird Especially because assassination is such a big word and going from, like, does all the air get out of your body? Hey, what's assassination? Right, and that, and that's what I still appreciate about Fred is that he explained that children might be afraid that maybe maybe I'll die. Yeah. And so she was like, well, you don't just die. You have to – something causes you to die. And he's like, okay, what's assassination? <laughs> and uh, he – so he treated that um, – Hey, what's human trafficking? <laughs> I don't know if Fred heard, ever tackled that. I one. heard another kid at school say it. What is what's human trafficking? Well, like I have a friend at school who she hangs out with this guy who's older. I don't know what they do, but she has a new cell phone. Is that trafficking? <laughs> what's black tar heroin? My parents say that it's better than the other heroin. Well, can you explain it to me, Mister Rogers? Could you imagine like a drunk kid with a horrible life just being like, "Hey, tell me about this shit, huh? You fuckface. Hey, <laughs> hey, tell me." You know, why? Help me, Mr. Roger. <laughs> Help me. Please. Oh, God. Um. So what was some of the other ones that you talked about besides? Another this o- is the first week of his episodes coming Um. Well, first. the first week was when King Friday built the wall. That, yeah. that happened in 68, so he'd only been running for a few months oh, okay. after RFK was murdered. Right. Um, there was also in 1969 when... Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. 69. Yeah. I'm one of the hippies and their, their dirty genitals. Mm-hmm. It's in that. It's yeah. a very specific position. Um, so there were some black activists who, at the time in 69, there was still like whites only, blacks only shit. Yeah, segregation stills. Right. Yeah. And public pools were like that. Some cities had two pools. Some of them just cut the day in half. White time, black time. And some black activists, along with some Jewish activists, jumped into a swimming pool to be like, my pool, I do what I want. We're in there with you. We don't give a shit. It's a fucking swimming pool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And a guy came with some very acidic cleaning chemicals and threw it onto them. And even though they were like teenagers, and he threw the chemicals onto onto their faces, and they got chemical burns. Jesus fucking Christ. So that was a big news story. And I don't think Fred was concerned that the kids would see that story, but he did want to explain... Racial racism stuff. Yeah. So he had a, a member of his local church named Francois Clemens, who was a, a black guy and a really great singer. So he's like, I'm going to hire Francois to be on my show. He can sing the songs with me. He's a great singer. That's badass. He's also black, so I want to make him a cop so that kids see that there can be nice, friendly, uh, minority authority figures. Yeah. 
So after this swimming pool thing, uh, Fred set up a little a little kiddie pool. He was washing his feet in it, and Francois I've seen came this over. Clip. It's heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. Francois comes over, and he he jumps in the pool with him too. And I think for us at this day and age, we may not totally understand why it's insane. But back then, back then there there were large people were clutching their pearls when they saw this. My God. There, there were white people back then who could not imagine being in the same body of water as a black person. Yeah. Like, there was just cultural dumb shit in their brain about it. Right. And Fred, being a good Christian, did not give a shit about that. And there is also a sense that he only did his feet uh, because of the whole Jesus, Jesus. wash his feet. All Great. Right. But the, the message is amazing. It That's is pretty cool. Very, yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Francois is actually a pretty cool guy. Um, he uh, did not want to play a cop because he's a black man, and he said he grew up in the ghetto, and he's like, cops are like bad people. Yeah. Uh, but Fred convinced him to do it because he's like, we, we want the kids to see a nice authority figure as a black man so they know they don't have to be. That Not only like if a black child watches it, they can see that black black people can be an authority figure and yeah. you can be whatever you want to be and then white kids will see it and see a nice black man and then we'll have everybody will just fucking get along everyone wins just swim in the same fucking pool <laughs> take off your shoes put on some other ones then take those ones off and then we'll both be in the pool okay what's hard to understand about that <laughs> god damn it um, another interesting point about Francois he was gay and wanted to come out uh, Stonewall had recently happened oh yeah and We've got an episode on that. Uh, check out Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. Cultural hero. Yeah. Love her. Mayor of Christopher Street. Um, but Francois wanted to come out, and it, I don't know where I land on this story, but Fred is the one who convinced him to stay in the closet. Oh, why? Fred is not anti-gay, but he didn't know Francois was gay when he hired him, and he said, if you come out now, the show will probably be canceled because... Yeah. Yeah, you can't have a a, a gay so, man, especially a gay black man on a children's show in the 60s. You got a gay black cop on your show? What is all this homo shit? Burn it down. Burn oh, it down. Cletus? And this is the president. Get your talking. sheets. This is the, the, <laughs> right. the president. Cletus, get your sheets. We're killing Mr. Rogers and that Negro he got for a for a policeman? What the fuck is going on? Talk in about land of make-believe. Make America great again. Damn it, get me my, my red hat. Jesus That's Ill, my ill-fitting red hat. You know those hats don't ever fit anybody correctly? <laughs> it's maybe the cheapest material. I, I never thought it was a hat. I thought it was their big, dumb fucking heads. <laughs> Wobbly looking. Or it's their stupid fucking face. Anything they wear looks dumb. <laughs> buddo, buddo. I fucking bumpy them. ass fucking head. I love a white president. And the thing is, he ain't even white. I've never seen his birth certificate. <laughs> Show it to me. Uh, as far as I'm sure. He's orange as far as I'm aware. Yeah, he's from Kenya. Fucking, I was going to say from space. I don't know where orange people are. Assholes? They just come out of fat assholes? Yeah, maybe. Well, um, so that sucks. Uh, Francois agreed to stay in the closet well, was for it the sanctity like, of the show. Okay, I was going to say, so he was planning on possibly like considering coming out on the show. No, no, no. Uh, he just wanted to come out publicly as gay. Oh. Francois, uh, because Stonewall recently happened, being gay was like a thing. Uh, he kind of wanted to be part of that, like, I'm gay too, let's, let's like get having, our own rights sort right. of thing. But Fred was like, if you do that publicly, this show will probably be canceled, or if nothing else, blacklisted. That's a bummer, dude. 
and so that's one of the one of the gray areas I have with him. Yeah, I, I, I get it, but I feel bad. Just let him fucking do it. Just let him be gay. Fuck you. Yeah. God. Wash your feet with him, but then you're like, I don't know, can you can have guy sex? No, Fred was not homophobic. He just knew there was danger for his own show. Yeah, back then you can't have a gay man on a kid's show. Everybody will lose their goddamn minds. Yeah, you can have a gay man in general on your show, but yeah, especially if it's aimed at kids. They're like, that's the devil. Right. I'm trying to get to our kids. All right, so hold, let, hold on. Let me understand this. This this black gentleman here in the police uniform, he he puts dicks in his mouth. He puts dicks in his mouth. Oh, well, I got it. It's not a real uniform. It's what he likes to wear when he's with this other man. It's like a kinky thing? You got handcuffs and other sinful, devilish things. Now, don't get me wrong. I want a cop dick in my mouth, but I don't do it for my children. Of course. Hey, Timmy, come here so I can hit you, and then we're going to turn the TV off, get Daddy a beer. All right. Watch him, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Mr. Uh, gay Lover, that's what I say. Give <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Gay Lover. That's a joke in the 80s. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? <laughs> Timmy, you hear what I said, Mr. Gay Lover? <laughs> Laugh, you son of a bitch. Laugh! Man, one time in college, I got a dick in my mouth, greatest day of my life. Now, where's my beer? I hate your mother later, too. She don't even have a dick. She's a bitch. <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing, and this is a little bit too heartwarming of a story, I think, for people time to appropriately answer. But oh, let's hear it. Fred, after this, after Francois came out to him, and Fred said, I accept you as a gay man. I just don't want you to possibly hurt the show. Uh, Fred started when he would open the door for the intro to the show where he's like, will you be mine? Uh, you're special. You make today special. He was looking directly at Francois off screen. Every now and then he'd look at him. Aww. And Francois thought that Fred was just fucking up and it took a couple weeks until he asked Fred. He's like, you're singing to me. And Fred's like, yes. I think you're special. I think you're special and I accept you and you make today a good day. And Francois bald like a little, little that's so fucking that's too sweet he cried and he said it was one of the most important things that happened in his life oh my god it's too much it's too much i can't really handle it people oh. times too raunchy for this beautiful thing here i want to go back to the redneck who beats his kids that's where i'm comfortable <laughs> yeah. oh <sighs> so mr that... rogers <laughs> so by 1970 francis the neighborhood is picked up by pub or pbs the full public broadcasting and it's distributed all over the country, and um, for viewers like you. Oh, thanks, guys. And the Bill and Melinda Gates, I think, Foundation, and Sears Roebuck. Uh-huh. Brought to you by me and all them. Yeah. Um, the next weird thing that happened is that WQED, the old public station that, that actually owns the lot where Fred uh, films the show, they uh, felt they owned his image. I was going to say, there's going to be a lawsuit coming. I can feel it. Well. Or something. Money. They slap his face on milk cartons to sell milk. And as. Mr. Rogers' face? Yeah. And as wholesome as that is, Fred uh, was. He's like, I'm against marketing. Pissed. <laughs> he was irate as fuck. He, uh, he did threaten lawsuits and threatened to quit. But instead, he uh, created a non-for-profit LLC bought the rights to the Mr. Rogers everything. Nice. And was like, we will never advertise ever again. Ha! Take that. Get your get mm-hmm. your fruity pebbles with your Mr. Rogers milk. 
<laughs> and he's like, God damn it. And he's watching this commercial where they're pouring milk all over all over tits and he's like, ah, I don't agree with this. Daniel, I don't agree with this either. This is too much. All right, what's the smart way about this? Let's go buy our own shit back. Well, I think that we should just buy our rights. Thank you, King Friday. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's do that shit. Boy, it has nice tits, but kids don't even see that. It has nice tits, though. Nah, kids don't even see that. He, uh, I don't know. I think they're nice, too. I know, but kids don't even see that. He's uh, Does he ever have any kind of freak out at all? Like one time where he's just like... In... The story is the angriest he ever gets, which is coming up. Oh, okay. Not going to be what you think, though. <clears throat> Still wholesome. Gone, gone darn and the... He stubbed his toe. Oh, he really? Went, oh, mercy. No. <laughs> that was it. That actually was... a little bit more than that. Okay. But in 1969, uh, Nixon, uh, ever the, the good conservative, wanted to cut funding to public because broadcasting. Because who gives a shit about kids? Yeah. I'm not a criminal. I don't want to do the business of the children. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's all you have to do to do a Nixon impression is just shake your face. Shake your face and make your loose your lips loose. Yeah, like a like a wet dog and then just say dumb shit. <laughs> you know. Dumb shit. Yeah. There it is. Nice. It's perfect. Let the children raise themselves. <laughs> oh shit, that's good. So <laughs> So there was a Senate hearing. Led by Senator John Pastore uh, and several PBS uh, hosts and people involved, producers, etc., come to read written statements in defense of the medium. And by day two, uh, John Pastore is over it. He's just not, he's not feeling it. He's leaning towards, maybe this is a bunch of dipshit stuff. All these statements you guys have been telling me, I just don't want to hear it anymore. And he's just, it's sort of late in the afternoon, and he's just sort of had it. And Fred Rogers is in. So this is kind of a big moment. Let's uh, hear the tape. Fred Rock. So this is where he actually he gives his statement. Yeah, this is uh this is Fred's statement to Senator Pastore in defense of public broadcasting. Cool. Sarah, it. it's kind of long, but I'm gonna play bits of it. Maybe I'll cut some out later. But yeah, I'm gonna start around here somewhere. Each station to show our program. It's a unique kind of funding in educational television. With this help, now our program has a budget of $6,000. It may sound like quite a difference, but $6,000 pays for less than two minutes of cartoons. Two minutes of animated what I sometimes say, bombardment. I'm very much right. concerned, as I know you are, about what's being delivered to our children in this country. And I've worked in the field of child development for six years now, trying to understand the inner needs of children. We deal with such things as, as the inner drama of childhood. We don't have to bop somebody over the head to make him, to, to make drama on the screen. We deal with such things as getting a haircut <laughs> or the feelings about brothers and sisters and the kind of anger that arises in simple family situations. And we speak to it constructively. How long a program is it? It's a half hour every day. 
most channels schedule it in the, in the noontime as well as in the evening. Uh, WETA here has scheduled it in the late afternoon. Could we get a copy of this so that we can see it? Maybe not today, but I'd like to see the program. I'd like very much for you I'd to like see. I'd like to see the program. It's... I'd, like, I'd like to admit that, like, up to this point, Senator Pastore is just angry. And it's Fred's soft, measured consistent voice that he's like well i'd, I'd like to see the program <laughs> right well i love all he, he's he cleverly says like well, you know i understand that you also find this to be important for child you know for our children in this exactly. country and so he's, he's drawing them in he's talking on the level of like we're all understanding that this is important yeah. right so if what? you think so put your money where your mouth is so if you agree then why are we having this discussion yeah hmm and that's yeah fred uh it's a good program he's a manipulator <laughs> But luckily, he's a good man. I don't think he's manipulating, but I do think he's clever. Well, let's hear this. This is when the story changes his mind. We we made 100 programs for EEN, the Eastern Educational Network. And then when the money ran out, people in Boston and Pittsburgh and Chicago all came to the fore and said, we've got to have more of this neighborhood expression of care. And this is what, this is what I give. I give an expression of care every day to each child to help him realize that he is unique. I end the program by saying, you've made this day a special day by just your being you. There's no person in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable. We will have done a great service for mental health. Uh, I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger, much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. I'm constantly concerned about what our children are seeing. And for 15 years, I have tried in this country and Canada to present what I feel is a meaningful expression of care. Do you I, narrate it? I'm the host, yes. And I do all the puppets, and I write all the music, and I write all the scripts. Well, I'm supposed to be a pretty tough guy, and this is the first time I've had goosebumps for the last two days. <laughs> well, I'm grateful, not only for your goosebumps, but for your interest in in our kind of communication. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs which I feel is very important? Yes. This has to do with that good Body. feeling of control, which I feel that the children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children do doing puppets in in very personal communication with small groups. What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad you could bite. When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong. 
and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop any time. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> Looks like you just earned the $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry that's long, but... It's cool. I like that you can totally hear the guy just being like interested in me. Like, this is what you're doing? Oh, okay then. You can hear his whole uh, tone shift. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's hilarious that... so. What I didn't play is that Fred had a written statement and he told John Pistori, he's like, I'm not going to read it because I know you don't want to hear it, but I, I trust you're going to read it later, but let me just talk about it. So he's just, he's on the fly here, and the song he chooses to talk about is about anger yeah. and how to deal with anger. And John was angry. <laughs> it's amazing. And so he twisted him to be like, this is why what we do is is helpful because I I calm the children. I can calm you. <laughs> teach them how to deal with this feeling and it's not a bad feeling and you how do just we, need to know how to deal with it how do we what do i do with the mad that i feel yeah. you know how do you properly react with this well natural and, feeling and i'm sorry it's a bit long i might cut some of it out but the reason i played the whole thing is that it is actually that argument is considered one of the most important ever brought to congress well um it made john pastori cry and it's actually currently studied by public relations students and experts. Wow. About how to publicly speak. And again, I use the word manipulate, but it's... I don't think it's manipulative. It's just it's, how do you get your point across... intelligent. Yeah. How, how do you make an argument to a person that appeals to what they're feeling or thinking at the time? Yeah. It's actually very intellectually constructed. And it, it sounds like a weirdo speaking slowly the song lyrics for a children's song. <laughs> but he's actually... It's a very intellectual. He's approach. communicating very well with the person that you know, yeah, is going to decide the factor of whether or not this kind of education is going to get out to children. And that's the other thing is that it's it's widely considered this decision uh, is what saved PBS. If 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 Fred had not convinced John Pastore to to pay for PBS, it would probably not exist. Be done, yeah, because Nixon wanted it gone. Yeah, yeah. So thanks, Fred. Yeah, that's badass. He's always doing good shit. I go, Fred. Freddie. Yeah. Um, so he kept going into the 70s. By 1975, um, he actually decided that he had done enough kid shows and he had talked about every single thing a kid would need to know, mm. which is quite arrogant on his point. <laughs> but he had his last episode where him and Mr. McFeely showed the children all the tapes of all the old shows. And he's like, any problem you have is on these tapes. I'm retiring. Really? Yeah. Does he actually say I'm retiring? I don't think he says those words, but he but does like, He does tell him that this no is more. the last episode. Right. And he's like, we're going to make sure that these tapes keep being played for any problem you have. But the answers are, are, are in here. That's fucking, that's badass. And bold, but awesome. Odd. Definitely. It sounds like he maybe doesn't want to do of kid life. shows anymore. Here it is. Yeah. Just watch them all and you'll get it. So the Bible is cool or whatever, but my closet full of <laughs> tapes. <laughs> Not not this out of the closet. This is uh... actually no, no, not these. <laughs> no, you don't, no, don't read the titles of those. So what happens after this point then? 
Uh, he spends about five years faffing around. Uh, he does make a new show called Old Friends, New Friends, where... I've never heard of this. He interviews adults like musicians and artists and poets and stuff, and it's so boring because it's Fred Rogers oh, no. that even his official biographer said that he's only seen a few episodes and that it's unbearable. Oh, man. So he's like... <sighs> Who would he be interviewing? Is this in the 80s, you say, or in the 90s? It is 75. 70s. Well, so he quits in 75, so it's somewhere towards the end of the 70s. Okay, yeah. so he's going up to people in the 70s and be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Michael Jackson, <laughs> could you <coughs> tell me about, about your music? <laughs> First, I'll bring the boys home. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> Now moonwalk for them. Naked. Well, Michael, I I agree that giving attention to children is a very good way to spend your time. I don't agree with the naked part. Would you show me the moonwalk? (laughs) You did a pretty good job of his, like, speech pattern. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched a lot of Mr. Rogers recently. But... Uh, I can only find one clip, and he interviewed some piano player, and yeah, like the he just talks like that. Yeah, and it's I not something you want to have adults, all the time. Adults don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, it feels condescending, honestly, to an adult. When really it's just he's so earnest, he's focused on the moment and measured. But to an adult, you're like, okay, I get it. Fucking get to the point, dude. I'm not a toddler. <laughs> Oh, okay, the guy plays the piano. That's great. Cool. Get to say the fucking story. So you're going to open up the internet browser <sighs> yes. by going onto the desktop. Okay. It's the big E. E? All right. Double click. I already did that. I've, I've, the already, big e. I've already checked my email. This is the internet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to destroy my computer. <laughs> Technician Rogers. Just feel like someone like mansplaining everything to you, and you're like, I, I know, I know. You're very kind, and I understand you're not doing this purposefully, but it sounds like I understand how the internet works. Can you? Okay, just... I respect you. I want to murder you, and that's not your fault, <laughs> but it is also your fault. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it, it is adorable. So the stuff I watched in the '90s is all stuff that was recorded from the '70s and before. Did he nah, never? He starts the show again. Okay, I was gonna be like, what? Yeah, because nothing works out otherwise. I mean, that show is him. That's where he needs to be. Yeah, yeah. He kind of realizes that. Um, but so the next kind of thing, interesting thing he does is that uh, Universal and Disney in 1976 sued what was called the Betamax company. Oh yeah, because the Betamax is a that's a type of medium. It's uh... it's pre VHS where you could record from live TV. Yeah, yeah. And they were they were sued for. Uh, duplication and distribution of copyrighted But they lost, right? They did. And the reason I bring it up is that it is Mr. Rogers' again uh, statement to... I mean, this shit was appealed and appealed and appealed into the 80s. And it was actually Mr. Rogers who spoke to the Supreme Court. And it's it's his comment to the Supreme Court that is noted as part of the prevailing decision to side with... By this point, it was Sony. To side with Sony to allow VHSs. What did he say? He said, I've always felt that with the advent... If I do it in his voice, it'll take 20 minutes. Yeah. 
I've always felt that with the advent of all this new technology that allows people to tape the neighborhood off the air, uh, they become much more active in the programming of their family's television life. Very frankly, I'm opposed to people being programmed by others. My approach in broadcasting has always been you are an important person just the way you are. You can make healthy decisions. Uh, I just feel that anything that allows a person to be more active in the control of his or her life is a healthy way, and that is important. He's like, even if they watch it more and I'm not making money on it, I'm more interested in them being able to benefit from it rather than me. That was the whole point in the first place. Well, and he was saying, I don't, I don't like people being programmed, so if they record their own programming to decide what they watch, I think that's more healthy for them. Yeah. And specifically if they watch my shit because I'm dope. Yeah. It's kind of what he said to the Supreme Court, and they <laughs> agreed. <laughs> and these other guys, they're all ratchet and shit. Just fucking let them fucking record Fucking like shit. Rotten Tomatoes, dude. Yeah. Nasty-ass shit. Yeah, just like morning breath ugh yeah halitosis is fuck damn um which is what uh the supreme court said they said all these other arguments have been rotten fruit and farts yeah and what mr rogers said um is like fresh fruits and like a good fart <laughs> like <laughs> right the fart that you want to happen the one that makes you feel real good afterwards. Yeah, when you're like bloated you're like uh, uh Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I right. kind of feel like oh. And it's, yeah. It's... And it's like longer than you expected. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just so satisfied at the end. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's still going. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so glad no one's home. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey. Hey, honey. Oh fuck! I thought the dog ate fish. There's something. I don't know what he got into. Weird. It was fish. I love fish. It was me. It was me and the fish. Um, yeah, I have a satisfied look on my face because of the fish, not other stuff. I'm just glad that our dog feels better. Glad I'm sure home. he feels better glad, after that. Glad you're home from work. We're all we're all glad. It's not a bad smell either. <laughs> it's, good, it's a pretty good smell. Well, uh, in in 1979. Fred read in the newspaper that a child had watched Superman, the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman. Oh, yeah. And wanted to be Superman, so he tied a blanket to himself and jumped off his balcony and died. Yikes. Which I think is pretty common. This happens a lot? Yeah, I think kids pretending to be superheroes and just die- jumping off some shit and dying is probably happens a lot. Oh, well, I feel like I'm a, was a smarter kid than others. I feel like I, really? I I tied on blankets and towels around my neck, but I uh I just flew around the, like my couches. I jumped off roofs. Not until I was a teenager. That's true. I did that too. That was usually in pursuit of girls, though. Really? I didn't even think about that. That's genius. We were just being stupid, like skateboard off the roof, dude. <laughs> Try it. Yeah, we did that, but you know, like you know, there's a girl who's like parents are Mormon, and you have to sneak in. Learn how to climb on a roof, man. Oh, I see. This isn't like an impressive feat to be like, check out what I can do. This is like, I got to get out of here because our parents just got home. Run. Literally. When you jump off a roof, land on your feet, but let your knees go loose so you bend them and then roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you got to do it. Otherwise, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. I've done it enough times. Don't roll over your own boner. No, tuck that. (laughs) You're going to want to tuck that before you jump. Right. In an appropriate way. Of course. Um, so after Fred read this article, as you were asking before, when is the angriest he's ever been? Yes. Is now. Okay. Fred literally thinks that the, all the shit that he's recorded answers the questions for the children, answers the questions the parents might have about the children. So he felt that he was done. 
And then when a child watched Superman and jumped off a roof, he felt that the whole world didn't give a shit about kids except him. So he has a quote that is literally, I am tired of hearing people who have long ago set aside the concerns of childhood telling everyone what children what children need. I'll tell you what children need. Damn. And started the show over. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm all for it. Way to go, Mr. Rogers. You fucking, yeah. That's what you gotta do. Hey, I'm, I was raised by TV sets. I get it. So uh, you understand. Fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't raised by Mr. Rogers, so... My parents, my parents were terrible. They're like, watch some fucking cartoons like a normal kid, you idiot. You just sit here and leave me alone for fuck five minutes. Go put on, go put on cartoons. Okay, PB and J, please. No, PB and J, please. Shut up. Okay, Mr. Rogers would do it. He would make me PB and J. Well, but to my parents' defense, the reason why they wouldn't make me PB and J is because I insisted that it tasted better when they put the peanut butter on first rather than the jelly. Did you? I'm pretty sure I said shit like that all the time. Does it? Of course, but no one yeah, everyone just thinks you're crazy when you say I've that. literally never thought about it. Yeah. Also, uh, that you have to put the uh, cereal, cereal in before the milk. Otherwise, it tastes like shit. What fucking sociopath puts the milk in first? I'm right. You and don't it measure it. bad. You don't measure it correctly. Ugh. It's too much milk. It's, it's what always ends up happening. You put too much goddamn milk in it. Well, then you have to pour it on your tits. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You have to. So, uh, Fred's first week of brand new shows, if you could probably guess what the theme is about, superheroes are fake. Nice. I was going to say, gravity. <laughs> yeah, he he does kind of a cute... Yeah, fuck. <laughs> he does kind of a cute thing where he ties his uh, cardigan around him like a cape. Yeah. He's like, I used to do this when I was a kid, and he jumped off like a foot-tall porch, and he's like, but I can't fly. He just like looks dead. He literally looked right in the camera, like, "We can't fly, humans, but we can pretend, <laughs> but we can't fly, especially off of building tops, balconies." And he just sat there for two minutes, staring at the camera. Now we're in a moment of silence for the dumbass parents who fucking let their kids. <laughs> and his, he just shakes with anger. Yeah. Okay, let's cut to the land of make believe. <laughs> Um, but even that was really like, let's cut to land of make-believe. Yeah, that's the angriest he's ever been. Yeah. It's where his voice slightly sounds irritated, but you can't really tell. Only he can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the next little while, I mean, this is peak Mr. Rogers. If you've seen the show, more than likely you've seen it from 1979 up. That's actually when they kind of perfected the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the puppets got more character. His songs got saucier. Uh, the whole, you know, when he uh, throws the shoe to himself. Oh, yeah, the he's toss. His shoes. He didn't used to do that every week. Now he does it every single time. The famous toss. You got to show throw that shoe. Yeah. I, I always say that. I always say that. I always I've said, I've said that my whole life. Yeah. Gotta throw that shoe. Live by it. Yeah. That's my life philosophy. Throw shoes. I'm going to start tossing my shoe every single day. I put them on now. But you have to look in a... Because he's staring at the camera the whole time. Yeah. It's quite a feat. And he's like, such a good feeling to know you're alive and such a... And toss the shoe. Boom. Happy feeling. Yeah. I don't want to get sued for copyright for singing his songs. That's biography. I think there's... No, yeah, we'll get sued. No, all his... Sh- I... Actually, what I do find funny is he would be so upset that we've done this. In the... Yeah. In the off 
hand chance that a child Googles Fred Rogers and finds this episode because... No, yeah. I mean, one of the first things I said was jazz penis. I mean, yeah. I can't be Look, you got your way to teach people. We got ours. Ours isn't aimed at children either, so... It's true. Uh, people time is not for the kids, although it is. Um, share it with them. Wu-Tang Clan is for the children. People time is for the children. Share them this shit. Let them learn. And then, and then take it away and give them... Like a Mr. Rogers DVD or something. Yeah. It's just for adults. Like, hit me up if you're an adult. Hit, hit me up. Send milk pictures. <laughs> Send pictures of milk. Uh, the few notable things he did here on out. We got in 1981, there is a very cute Sesame Street crossover, which you can find on YouTube. Oh, that's cool. On YouTube, if you want to check that out. You ever out. do with Reading Rainbow 2? No. Oh. Which is a bummer. Yeah. I'm a big Missed opportunity. It is, actually, yeah. Um, but he goes to, uh, Sesame Street and interacts with, uh, Big Bird. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, throughout the eighties, the eighties, it was a pretty dark time. So there are a lot of themed weeks that are hard. He has another assassination week, uh, after John Lennon got killed. Damn. Uh, there was an attempt on Pope John Paul's life. He had a whole week about that. Um. Any AIDS episodes? I don't think he talked about AIDS, (laughs) actually. Yeah. I couldn't find anything about it. I hope he did. Yeah. About viral infections, kids. <laughs> Wear, you know, strap on. Wear a Jimmy. Safety. Imagine Mr. Rogers like, wear a Jimmy, man. <laughs> wear a seatbelt and a condom. Just play it safe. <laughs> Just play it safe, kids. You know, the world's a random place. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> wear, wear a seatbelt, wear a condom. Um... In uh, 1983, there was, I don't know if you've heard about it, their, their ABC aired a show called, or a mo- uh, made-for-TV movie called uh, The Day After. You ever heard of that? Uh, not that I recall. It's considered like one of the most terrifying movies of all time because it's, it's about a hospital or a doctor at a hospital before, during, and after a nuclear war, and it's dismal as hell. Oh. Um, it's because it's peak Cold War. Right, right. Everybody's afraid of that. And after that happened, Fred had... A whole week about nuclear war, nukes, fallout, nukes, and existential dread. Nice. He's really trying to get something interesting into these kids' heads. I mean, at least he's being honest, and you know, obviously, he's still probably talking on the level of a child. But yeah, it's still Mr. No, Rogers. Not gonna bullshit a child. That's what I like. He really wouldn't bullshit a child. He just says it to them in the way they need to hear. Yeah. In the way that he's is understandable for them. Yeah. Their level. Yeah. And, and he's trained to do that in a very good way. Nice. Um, in 87, he went to Moscow to appear in an episode of their big kids' show called Good Night, Little Ones. Uh, and this was an intentional move because Reagan and Gorbachev were in the, in the middle of their meetings to end the Soviet Union. So Fred felt he needed to be in Moscow to have an American presence. Like, hey, cool, America's cool, too. Uh, there's also a fun side story that in 87, there was a kid named Christoph Putzel, whose uh, parents were journalists in Moscow, just you know, American journalist recording the whole fall of the Soviet Union. And he was very depressed as an American kid in Soviet Moscow because it's awful. And uh, Broken glass. Somebody made some calls. He made some calls, and Fred went and had dinner with him, and it was a very nice That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that because it's cute, but Fred does that a lot. I think it's fair to assume every weekend he's at some fucking kid's house. <laughs> You're special. That's why I'm here. I, I'm talking to you when I'm on the show. That's yeah. You, I told you I was coming over. And those kids are like, what the hell? This is awesome. Yeah. It's Fred Rogers in my living room. 
Probably brings a puppet or two, I imagine. He actually does bring his puppets every single time. Yes, that's cool. Yeah, Christoph Puzzle said uh, that he brought out a suitcase and brought out Daniel right away and had a conversation with Daniel the tiger. And then they had dinner and they sang some songs. Nice. And this is not on his show. This is just... It's just too good of a guy. Him as a person. Yeah. It's kind of drives me crazy. There's nobody in this world that's that nice. No. I still want to think that if they bodies. are, they want something from you. They're they're up to something. What do you? What the fuck are you doing? Why are you smiling? What do you want? Quit fucking being so nice. What do you want? Okay, so is it money? Is it like weird, just weird sex it. stuff? What yeah, is? Come just on. say it. Yeah, you like feet, don't you? You want my feet and on your wiener? I get it. I get it. This happens every day. And then Fred <laughs> goes, "No, really, I just want you to feel like you're special and that you've made today a good day." And then he leaves, and you're like, "Oh." He really didn't want anything. What the shit? Hey, get back here. <laughs> Tell me your weird shit. <laughs> what What are you into? No, you, this is going to keep me up all night. You into feces play? You roll around in the gutter? You call yourself the Rat King? What do you do? It's something. You fucking, you are the weirdest person I've ever met. Get back here. Man, what the? Well, he's outrunning me with his sneakers. Hey. <laughs> but it's poo play. <laughs> that's what I bet it yeah, is it's, yeah, it's a good guess it's gotta be something I fucking and that's what's great is that he is the weirdest weirdo but but nicest person ever and is nice yeah. that's what makes him so weird um in uh 1999 the KKK you know that cheeky group of gentlemen oh those bastards had a uh recorded message that they would just call random phone numbers and play and it was a parody of Fred um Really? Yeah. What does it say? It played his intro music and then had some guy imitating him talking about white supremacy and Jesus killing Christ. black people. They thought it was funny. They thought they thought it was really funny. He obviously became aware of this now. Yeah, he sued the KKK. He took him to a high court to Shit, get him yeah. to stop. Which is a, a good point to make because there's been a lot of uh, Mr. Rogers parodies that he let happen, like... Uh, Eddie Murphy's kind of famous SNL skit, Mr. Robinson, which is a ghettoized version of, of Mr. Rogers. Right. Quite funny. Mr. Rogers also found it funny. He was like, yeah, it's, nice. a, it's a funny joke. And Mr. Robinson doesn't make untoward jokes. It's just ghetto, yeah. ghetto jokes where he steals ladies' groceries and says it's because I had to. <laughs> and Mr. Rogers is like, yeah, he probably had to. And uh, uh, Johnny Carson had one, too, that Fred let go. But there were a lot of parodies that, that Fred went litigious for, which yeah. is why it is hilarious that we're doing this, because he would probably sue us if he were alive. Right, but he's not, so we're okay. No, nah, he's not going to do shit. But, I mean, I could get it with the KKK, especially if they're trying to make it sound like Fuck it's that. actually him. You know, obviously it's not, exactly. but they're like, yeah, I'm Mr. Rogers, and you should kill black people. Right, and they're like, how funny is that? That's great. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, those guys are hilarious. Um, in 1993, there's an interview you can find on YouTube that you could check out from the Arsenio Hall show, which is cool, because Arsenio, without even, like, making it weird or veiled, asks Fred questions about how to solve the world as if he's a religious figure. And we're talking about, by 1993, Fred Rogers is such, he's an ingrained part of our culture. He's super influential. People that have grown up with him see him as... Fred has the answers. Yeah. Fred knows. Uh, he told me when I was three. So Arsenio acted like, what do we do? Hey, how do we solve like 
you know, starving children and human trafficking and, like, nuclear fallout. And, yeah. You know, just, like, nations that are mad at each other. How do you do that? How do you do, Fred? Well, Arsenio, you know, if it were up to me, I would think that um, people need to look inside and think about the love they have for others. And they need to, they need to spread that love, like pouring milk all over a, a busty woman or a really cozy cardigan. Does that make any sense to you, Arsenio? I'm already bought, I've got ten cardigans on the way. I say whoop 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 to that, my 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 friend. You are my friend. You've made today a special day. We need more of them, and we need more Freds in our uh, world. I think there was just the one. We think it's so weird that he acts that way because it uh, is weird to us because we're maniacal, negative. <laughs> somebody's up to something. Scammers, fucking <coughs> every corner is someone's trying but to. That's real life. Pocket me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. if we had like a hundred Freds just around, an army of lovely Freds all the time. We'd maybe. Run, we'd run out of cardigans. And then where would I buy my cardigans? He would loan you his. Don't worry. One of them would. Actually, oh. one of them would probably give me a nice olive green cardigan. I'd be like, Ooh, you know good. what? Kids do need to be told they're special. <laughs> yeah. Like the cardigan power would suck into my bones and I'd suddenly not be a weirdo. Like, I'd be a weirdo in the other direction. <laughs> like it's good to obviously be aware of how the world is and not be a sucker, but mm-hmm. maybe soften some of these edges just a little bit. You know... That was something I came across is a lot of people ask, we understand that Fred is a great man. He was doing great things. Why as adults, when we're in full control of our capacities, why aren't we, why don't we act like Fred? Why don't we make the decision to be that way? Because we're afraid of everybody else's fucking bullshit. Yep. I mean, it's a sad, it's a sad question where you're like, you're in control of your faculties. Why don't you just be Fred? You know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, but that guy will take advantage of me. Yeah, that guy will rob me, but nobody ever robbed Fred. Because he's fucking Fred Rogers. Because he was too nice. Someone went to go do it, and they're like, oh, oh shit, you Mr. Rogers? Fuck, dude, I'm sorry. That's actually true. Oh, my God. Here, can, can I get an autograph? Is this he, weird to now ask that? He hung out in, uh, later in the 90s, he hung out for some shootings in New York in really bad areas. Did he really? Yeah, and the, the team that went with him to, to film it were scared because they had very expensive equipment with them. And Fred, of course, acted like Fred, not afraid, interacted with everybody like he was goddamn Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's playing hopscotch with the kids. Yeah. He's talking to grown, scary men uh, like he's Fred Rogers. And they were like, oh, my God, you're fucking Mr. Rogers. What's up, man? And that's how he lived every day of his life. He's just not afraid because he's Jesus <laughs> or something. Yeah. You don't want to rob – nobody can rob him. That I can't see him being. You robbed. would try to, and he'd be like, "Do you need some money? I'll get, here. Yeah, here's my wallet." It's true. He wouldn't put up a fight, and then he'd cold. give you extra. And you're like, "This is too much." No, no, no. You know what? I don't. I don't want to do this anymore. You keep all your stuff. I'm gonna go hit Could up somebody you... else. There's an asshole around here Did that you... deserves this. I'm sure. So I'm just gonna go find that person. There are terrible people I can rob. Just you hang out. Just keep making your show. You're a good I'm guy. I'm really sorry that this whole. I... Can I say I'm sorry? You you've made today a special day. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you have made it. you, sir. Do you want a who hot dog? To, who gets to tell you? Do you want yeah. a hot dog? Yeah. No. Does anyone ever tell you your special? Yeah. Let me help you. Out. Let's go get yeah. a hot dog. I'm gonna go rob someone. I'll buy you a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Give me like five minutes. I see a fucking guy over there. <laughs> that guy's a dick. I can tell from here. Well, could you imagine if you hit a guy from behind, steal his wallet, and you start walking away, and the guy gets up, he's like, "Hold on, hey, if you need money, I'm, let me give you my watch too." <laughs> 
he would stop and be like, oh, what the fuck? You weirdo. Oh, shit, you're Mr. Rogers. Uh, Here, Here's your wallet back, sir. Oh. And then he still ends up buying you the hot dog, and you don't rob anybody else. That's how that story ends. Oh, no, and then he sits down with you for 45 minutes for lunch and looks yeah. you directly in the eyes and says, I bet you had a hard childhood, but you're a special person. You matter. And you go and start apologizing to people that you haven't talked to in 10 years. And you create a charity and you save a bunch of orphan kids. Yeah. That's why the question is, why aren't we all Fred Rogers? You know, it's because he's a fucking freak. Yeah. The real world is robbing people. We suck. He's he's a a weirdo. Which is why I buy cardigans in his homage. (laughs) Because I don't like Jesus. Me either. That guy's too conflicted. Fred. I get where Fred's coming from. Yeah, yeah. So the 90s goes the way, uh, you know, if you're about our age, you understand. He kept making the shows, kept growing in uh, in uh, popularity. There is some fun clips you can find online of him interacting with Coco the monkey. Oh, yeah. Um, which hilariously, when he first walks in to see Coco the monkey, sh- the first thing she does is takes his shoes off. She's like, <laughs> He's like I know you this always, works. You always take your shoes off. When yeah, you let me help you with that, buddy. Because um, she she was a regular watcher of that. That's awesome. Um, the only other show he was ever in was a cameo as a preacher in Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is an unbearable show, but it's the only show he ever watched. So he was a big fan. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> that and Little House on the Prairie is what he watched. That's all I can think of. I would bet he watched Little House. Yeah. yeah. But I think they stopped recording by then, so he couldn't cameo, which broke his heart so he cameoed in dr quinn (laughs) (coughs) i I still love that coco took his shoes off like i like the thing that he walked in and the monkey starts to go well yeah okay oh man this is awesome you got to see the interaction because i you know i don't know shit about gorillas but uh, apparently when a gorilla goes that's a sign of affection okay which for a human is the opposite really uh. it's an attack sound so he is leaning up against the wall and she is basically laying on him (laughs) and she keeps going And he, being a gentle man, looks over to the trainer like, is this, Am I going to die? Is this okay? This is how this ends? And the lady said, No, ooh, ooh is a good sound. Uh-huh. And so he goes, Oh, okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. And immediately all the fear melts off him because he trusts her. That's he awesome. trusts the monkey. And it's adorable. I want to go watch this. It's adorable. <sighs> um, while you're at it, look up Coco the Monkey interacting with Robin Williams. I like that one too. I've seen that one. Equally adorable. Yeah. I don't know. She if points we're... on the television screen like, I know where you, I've seen you That's before. You. Yeah. And I do love that it sounds like it took her a minute. She was like, hmm, fun new friend. Okay, this is kind of. You're, oh my God. You're from the box. Yeah. You're now the... tickle me. Tickle me. Tickle Chase me. me. <laughs> Chase me and tickle me. All right, tickle me now. <laughs> um, so throughout the 90s, Fred gave a, about 150 commencement speeches for graduating college classes. Wow. Because he couldn't say no to those. He got invitations to do That would whatever. be cool to have him come to your... Late night with Leno, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, and he turned them all down. He just wasn't into that kind of advertisement, but right. when it's kids graduating college... Education. He's so good, of course. He's yes, like, that's yeah, what he I does. I got it. That'd be cool to have Fred Rogers come to your uh, your graduation Hell and yeah. speech. The only thing that for me at that time would be, would be similar is is uh, Bill Nye. Yeah. Because I hate him now. But when I was a kid, like, he was when the teacher was gone That's in science class. Science. And you watch, yeah. Boo, boo, hey, boo, wait, boo. Heliums. Oh, it's, it's lighter than air? Okay. What's is, next, Bill? Is it lighter, Bill? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved Bill Nye. Yeah, it was a great show. 
Yeah, he's betrayed me since. No, he's just let his liberal a little bit more out than I think you would. I'm fine with liberal. Hey, love liberal. I don't like arrogantly talking down to people. Ah, you Come know. on, man. That's that's the opposite of what flat earthers need. They need Fred Rogers to look them right in the eyes and be like, you're special. The earth is round, you dumb dipshit. <laughs> See? You even you couldn't even do it. Maybe that's why I hate him, because he's me. Because <laughs> I'm like, you fucking... You, just, you get halfway through his sentence like, you well, son of a fucking asshole It's because I know my approach doesn't work, and he's important, so I want him to make it work. <laughs> Bill? I love you, Bill. This is do why the, you also make don't it like work. Uh, Neil Tyson... Nah, he's just too smug. I like both of them. He just looks down on everyone. Although I have all the answers. You don't. Science has done some I great things. I don't get that from him. He's smug as fuck. No. Stupid ass ties. He's like, why is the sky blue? Let's talk about this badass. I'm a Michio Kaku guy. Hey, he's cool too. And a Feynman guy. Feynman, hell yeah. Man, yeah. Well, Feynman is just smarter and more badass than I could ever even get. <sighs> near by I, within miles yeah Both cool and smart still one of my favorite people in history well uh one of my favorite folks uh, at least right now is mr rogers yeah in uh 1997 he was given the emmy lifetime achievement award what is that he's given tons of awards i'm actually not even going to note them all because there's hundreds he so. keeps getting them he yeah constantly it's like, all right thank you mm-hmm. but his 1997 emmy lifetime achievement uh, they gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award because he's been on air for 30 years. Hell yeah. And what's hilarious is he gives a short speech and then tells the audience to go silent for 10 seconds to think about everybody in the past who's affected you positively. That's badass. He's still doing his thing, man. He's just... He made a whole crowd go silent. Shit, yeah. And I feel, because as we've noted up to this point, he's a bit of... He he knows how to control people. <laughs> And I think... This is how this all turns out. It's like, this is all mind control. He's just been... Yeah. Fucking with everybody. Well, he didn't want that daytime no. Emmy. He he didn't want the Emmy because an Emmy is kind of a dirty thing to have. Because you're winning it against people who are on Days of Our Lives. And uh, daytime talk shows like Judge Judy or whatever other masturbation bullshit. I love Judge Judy. Hey, these are great shows. Fred Rogers is trying to... Yeah, yeah. Do a different thing. I got it. So in his acceptance speech, what he essentially told this whole group of people was to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and he did it. And think about something worth it. Think about something that's not this thing that I'm holding. This bullshit medal of all you fucking sycophants no. and, and uh, think of nice things. egotistical. Fuck all of you and be quiet and think about what matters. And then he bounced. That's fucking thug. That's cool. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So in light of that, for people time... Let's try that now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. With that us. didn't last. Yeah. So he uh, uh, he retired in uh, or he retired the show in August of two thousand one. Uh, altogether, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood got over eight hundred episodes. Shit, that's a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um. After nine eleven, he did have another broadcast on PBS where he just sort of spoke to everybody about love each other. Yeah. 9-11 suck balls. Yeah. Um, he worked at a children's hospital in the media center for several years, or for a couple years, until February 27th of 2003. At 75, sorry, 74 years old, he died of stomach cancer. Bummer. Unfortunately, he had very m- many months of persistent stomach pains, uh, but he didn't like doctors. 
because who does? Right. So we didn't see the doctor it until weird. until it was it, it, until it was too late. It was past the point where he could do anything for it. Yeah. So he died at home, um, surrounded by his family, all Good. very nice. Yeah. Um, the the tidbits I have to kind of wrap up his weird ass story is uh, he has been a vegetarian since 1971. Wow. He read a, a book called uh, uh, Diet for a New Planet, which is about eco-friendly eating. But he's quoted as saying that he could not eat something that he knew had a mother. <laughs> this guy's just too nice and good. He's just too nice. He's like, I also have been recycling since I was four years old. <laughs> I have not I've been composting all of my feces <laughs> since I was four years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... I made sure to actually breathe at a slower rate so there's less carbon dioxide coming out. Just for everybody else. I want more people to have fresh air to breathe. I don't want to take more than I need. No. I've never taken a deep breath in my entire life. <laughs> That's why I talk so slowly is because I'm making sure not to breathe out too much. Right. Yeah. Um, a little bit of weird shit. Uh, he, his favorite drink, because I guess he doesn't drink alcohol. Right. He doesn't like acidic things. I feel like it's root beer. I hope I'm right. Or cream soda. It is warm fruit juice. Oh, even more squarish than I guessed. He would microwave cranberry warm? juice or uh, apple juice. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I made a comment earlier that warm apple juice is the worst. Ugh. Yeah. But cr- cranberry juice is good. That's not what he... warm. Well, you know. He that pro- is weird. He's just a weirdo. That's what I've. But it's not in any bad ways. Just he, weird. Most eccentric weirdos are, yeah, fucking decapitated heads. He's just in the opposite way that much of a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Um, I think I already mentioned this. The only curse word he ever used was mercy. Yeah. I don't think he ever said. Is that even, is that even a curse word? To him, that was the worst you could say. Right. Mercy me. Yeah. Mercy me. Oh, oh mercy me. Oh, mercy me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Trying to just figure out how I can. <laughs> oh, I <know>. mercy. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, you know what? Mercy you. Get the mercy out of my house. You son of a mercy. Mercy off. Your mother was a mercy. <laughs> so. Mercy, yeah. Very strange. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. She imagine somebody's like, do you want a, uh, like a, a meatball sub? Oh, mercy, yeah, bro. Oh, oh. Um, mercy, yeah. Mercy, oh. love a mouthful of meatballs. I mercy that guy so much. Just mercy loving that guy. Yeah, I can't. I can't make it work. It's it's a hard word. To I mercy it. love mercying his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what she's saying. Yeah, that's that's where, he, that's where he's going with that. Yeah. Um, this doesn't matter, but it came up in a lot of resources. He is red green colorblind. No, I don't know. I think your brother. Is... Yeah, my brother is red green colorblind. Yeah, which... your brother's also pretty nice. And he's a vegan. Actually, oh my god! Yeah, my my vegan brother is, uh, uh, Fra- Fred Rogers esque at an at an ethical level where they they take their actions very seriously. I think so. Yeah, it's very commendable. Um, so if you want to be a really nice person because you suck, go be red green but colorblind. Figure that out. That seems to help. Change your name, and uh, yep, become red green colorblind, and you'll be a better person. Pretend you're colorblind. And just be a good person. Wear cardigans, it might help. I'm not going to do that. No. You go ahead and do that, Yeah, listener. I wear cardigans really well, but I also eat things with mothers with glee. And I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to always do it with glee. Until I die uh... early. 
Yeah. Till I'm, I die with a heart full of meat from animals that had mothers. And they were all sad when they died. And then I ate their sadness. <laughs> yeah. You ate their sadness? Yeah. That's why I love meat. <laughs> well, I eat their sadness. It's got to have that bacon on it. Sad chicken with sad bacon in my <laughs> mouth. Which is why Fred Rogers and my brother are good people and I'll never accomplish that. Which is why I'm going to hell. And your brother is? With Michael Jackson. No. Your brother's not with Michael Jackson. No, I'm going to hell with Michael Jackson. My brother is, what were you saying? He's a poet. He was on our Walt Whitman episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're interested in who he is. Very nice. He's a very nice man. He's he, weird. He is kind of weird. He's too nice. He is really nice. Sometimes he gets upset. Yeah, but he gets upset about stuff that he's nice about. Like It's true. People need to be nicer to each other. Oh, my God, and he wears cardigans. He does. Huh. If 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 I'm just Fred coming to this realization. Yeah. Your brother kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Mr. Rogers in he a could, strange way. He could have a kid's show and it'd be pretty successful. Yeah. We should tell him about that. Yeah. Because right now he's focusing on, on a doctorate in English, which is commendable and hard, but yeah, who gives a shit? Get on PBS. <laughs> that might be a lot of funner. Yeah. yeah it might be funner. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Rogers also swam every single day of Big his life. swimmer, huh? Why so much? Um, he liked to maintain a very strict schedule, but he was also obsessed with his weight. So we talked about him being Fat Freddy. That's right. And I forgot he was fat. I don't like to bring up any indications of possible body dysmorphia. But he might have. He had to weigh 143 pounds. Wow, that exact weight? Mm-hmm. So no more, no less. No more, no less. Um, he even extrapolated it in a really weird way, meaning that 143 means I love you, which is like... One, I, four, there's four letters in love, three letters in you. Oh. So when he looked at the scale and it said 143, he saw I love you, which, huh. again, I don't know about anorexia and all that shit, but when you have weight problems and then you love yourself for a, for a target weight, which is pretty low, 143 for a man of regular height, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just happened. He's obsessed with the number 143 and has yeah. to be his weight. Hopefully it was just a nice little, he's like, bah, hey. 143, I love you. That's a good one to go for. Could be a quirky thing. That's fine, too. Don't want to get too dark. But it might be the other one. <laughs> he might have some dysmorphia problems. Ah, oh, poor guy. Um, He would also, according to his son, speak in his puppet voices at home, uh, <laughs> which is also weird. That might have gotten old. So when he was upset, he'd be Elaine Fairchild. Um, oh. When he was being comforting or scared he would be daniel and when he was authoritative he would be king friday get in your room this is important <laughs> so palace business get in your room you're in trouble it's so insane i'm gonna get mad i'm gonna turn into a, a link even though i don't do her voice are you in there <laughs> <laughs> okay kids i don't remember how her voice is but I think because he's such a nice man, everyone just let him get away with it. But that is super fucking weird. Oh. The, the, just the, saying it. There's something true about that. People that are nice get away with more stuff because they're too nice. You just They do. They're too nice. Let them just have the thing. Well, and what's the real damage, you know? Yeah. It's not like he pretends that these are real personalities. He's just strange. He's, he's just, just a silly goose. Man. What a silly goose. Huh. <laughs> silly. You never touched any kids. Um... There was a thing that came out for a long time where there was uh, rumors that he might be gay just because of his overt 
style and being kind. Whatever. I, I don't. Yeah, I, that's what you associate with gay. Uh, good job, I guess. Right. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care to make that assumption. But it is a thing that comes up in his story. And Francois Clemens, the the black uh, gay yeah cop from earlier, did love to say in interviews that he verified that Fred is not gay. Okay. He said, "You know what? I'm a gay man. My gay art never went off, not even for a second. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He's just, yeah. All, any any sense of gay that you get from him is just in your own head and maybe jump off a bridge. Um, he is also notable for even though he was doing this TV show as part of his ordination as a minister, right? He never mentioned God, faith, doctrine, Bible, Jesus, because he's a genius." It would throw the whole thing off track. Oh, yeah. You'd ruin it. Yeah, because then you'd be uh, vegetales. Yeah. Well, and then what, are you going to explain all the other religions for the, all the kids that don't follow that one? Nah, he kept it out. Smart. He's a smart man. Yeah. Um, he released in his career 12 albums of children's songs, and he also throughout his show made uh, several children's operas. So, you know, he was a music graduate. That was his big passion especially jazz piano and he implemented this his style of music into his show and he turned that into jazz operas for children yeah the reason i mention this you have to look these up (laughs) there's one specifically called storm and bubble land now they're cute because they're for kids yeah the music speaks for itself and the content is completely bananas (laughs) So it's just not the writings of like someone who's high or something. Well, there's a world called Bubble Land, and there's a storm that's threatening to blow the bubbles away, and everybody's really nervous about it. But there's some bad guys, and Elaine Fairchild is there, and it's very jazzy, very strange, and kind of psychedelic unintentionally. And I'm uh, gonna check this out. I suggest smoking a bowl. Let's, see, let's go do some hard fucking drugs and listen to some, some Fred. Yeah, let's Rogers. just let's just do like. I don't know, eight tabs of acid and then just watch Storm and Bubble Land. Yeah. (laughs) It is actually, Storm and Bubble Land is fucking great. Um, His children operas are actually, I don't think they get enough credit. I think they're fucking awesome. Um, Which I also want to admit, his music stuff doesn't come up often enough, I don't think. He is a great musician. Awesome. His style of piano playing is, it's kind of like Dave Brubeck, the jazz pianist, but for kids, I like it a lot. I I think it's good. Nice. Um, you like a lot of weird shit, but I'll definitely <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, there's a bunch of books about him, documentaries. Uh, the big one came out in 2018 called uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" The documentary. Yeah. Last year in 2019, there was the Tom Hanks flick about right. him called "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." So I think we are we are at the tail end of Fred Rogers. Um, Everybody's done him, and now we're. I think we're the last. Wait for us. Listen to us swear about all the We're late to the party. Fred we, Rogers. We just totally f- everybody destroyed Everybody's really everything. great. You know, they responsibly probably did them justice. Then we come in and are like, fucking titties and shit, brah. You ever thought about pouring milk all over a pair of titties? <laughs> so, and then Fruity Pebbles. And Fred Rogers is right. Like, he's somewhere in this story. And he's like, well, I would say that I think the way that you poured that milk was very useful. The way it covered the titties. <laughs> Thoroughly. Whatever. You'd be like, yeah, this is the garbage I was talking about that's on TV. You got to, like, teach. Like, the Fruity Pebbles being blasted at you. It's stupid. Yeah. We're the garbage he was trying to warn the world about. Yeah. And we've only made the world worse. 
because of that. We're trying to be sneaky and teach stuff. We are also kind of te- teaching something. <laughs> kind of stuff. I don't know. I got one more cute story. Uh, there's a girl named Beth Usher who uh, in the 90s had a, a seizure disorder that doctors were unable to figure out what the fuck was causing it. I'm bummer. And she just had constant seizures until she watched Mr. Rogers. What? His show cured her seizures? Cured her seizures up until the point when she was actually, uh, uh, they figured out what was going on. She, they got on the right medication. But she yeah, spent... the medication was Mr. Rogers. You just told me. like <laughs> Just injected the VHS into her arm. <laughs> damn, dude. Like, Yeah, so it, it helped in some way until they were able to. Well, like, I mean, the thing with seizures is they can fucking down. kill you, right? Yeah. Um, and her parents would plop her in front of record Mr. Rogers, and she wouldn't have seizures for years until they found the correct medication. Um, so he, whatever it is uh, that, uh, that 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 did that, he physically saved her life. That's crazy. So he actually has a body count of, of saving, and he uh, talked to her a few times on the phone and visited with her because he appreciated the story because that's, cool. that's the fucking kind of guy he is. Oh, yeah. Um, another fun thing is the the actor Michael Keaton, you know Batman from the eighties. All right, he was a stagehand. Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, he's not the real Batman. Not in my eyes. See, everyone's got their own. Who's Batman. the real? Yeah, who's the real Batman? Uh, it is a uh, who's the guy in the nineties? Well, you had um, no, no, not Val oh. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. I love the Val Kilmer one. Yeah. I'm torn. Because I'm a I'm a 1960s Batman guy. Oh, you're going old school. I like Michael Keaton. I love Val Kilmer. Um, I don't know. I, I like don't newsies. care for the newer ones. I like the newsy newsies guy. <laughs> newsies guy. Yeah. Uh, the Terminator newsies guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not even gonna say his name. I, I mean, don't care for those Batman. Because he comes in as Batman. Because he sounds like this. No, he got his he nose is sounds like pinched. Who bit the gay chances today, Batman? I. Don't care for that Batman. That's Newsies. He is, and you know what? That's he the peak is of Newsies. His, he peaked at Newsies, and everything's been downhill since hey, then. That's a great. That's a great place to peak at. It is a great place. Newsies is great. Come check it out. I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> Start singing random. <laughs> we sell the news, and we're homeless. <laughs> that's that's one of the songs. That, yeah. that was the songs. Yeah. yeah we're so. hungry. <laughs> Please give us food. We're paid. We're paid unfairly. I'm gonna be Batman someday, but it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, Yikes. one of us is crippled. Yeah. Okay, Newsies is great. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's the best thing that uh, what's his name? He shall be nameless. Ever did? It's uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. I'll have to figure it out. Thanks. It's not Tischian Nail. <laughs> it's something like that. Eh, you're way off. Well, okay, I don't care for. His what career. was the whole point of us getting onto Batman? Oh, Michael Keaton was a stagehand on Mr. Rogers in the really sixties and seventies, and it's weird. He pranked Mr. Rogers incessantly. Did Mr. Rogers care for that? Yeah, he had actually a really great sense of humor. Oh, nice. Um, one time, Michael Keaton stuffed paper into the ends of uh, uh, Mr. Rogers' tennis shoes, so mm-hmm. when he did his shoe swap, his shoes wouldn't fit, and he kind of lost his mind. He's like, "What the? Who did this? Oh, mercy!" Who oh. did this? Oh, God, he said mercy. Sorry. Uh, of course, it's future Batman. That's um, so funny. Like, he also can... hid in the closet, so when he opened the closet to get his card, ah. he was like, ah, and uh, other things like that. So that's just kind of a fun thing that happened. It also sounds like the crew there did some weird shit. There was a uh, floor manager named Nick Tallo who Fred took pictures of everybody everywhere all the time. 
which I find creepy. It's 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 weird. But he liked to remember things, and yeah. he's uh, nice. I gotta remember, like, because whenever I see yes. someone that nice, I automatically start questioning. Why are you taking got, my picture? Or anything that they do when they're that nice, because it, in this scenario, it's probably completely innocent. But my brain's going like, I'm gonna link that to fucking serial killers doing weird shit or something. He's Pet targeting up. you. Yeah. He has a he has a mural in his basement, which isn't fair because he jerks off to really nice guy, and he's just doing innocent things. But yeah, and you can't help it. That's what all those other people are doing. But he had a camera everywhere, and uh, floor manager Nick Tallo took a picture of his ass uh, <laughs> on it and just set it down and didn't oh, say no. anything, hoping to see what happens. And months went by, and Fred found the photo, obviously blew it up into a poster. What? And presented it to him at the the uh, work Christmas party. Where Dude, he's like, that's cool. I thought he was going to be really upset and be like, no. this is super inappropriate. So that's the other thing to talk about is that Fred has a good sense of humor. Yeah. He's like a – I mean, he's a freak, but he's a nice he's guy. He's a kind freak. He's a, ki- he's a kind freak. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a magician except for with love. He was a magician of love. Yeah. His sleight of hand with – Compassion and empathy was like, damn, that's on point, dude. Dude, you would never flashed his. Oh man, was... fuck, I didn't see that. Oh shit, damn. I feel, I feel feelings. Oh shit, I didn't see that coming. Ooh. Oh, this one, this one got me deep in there, and I. Oh man, that was a good, that was a good disappearing act that he just made all those bad feelings disappear. Oh my god, oh Fred, oh sh- sh- ow. oh man, that's a fucking. Kind freak. <laughs> <laughs> um. The last bit I have, you know, I got some other shit. You know, he's just so fucking weird. Um, I still like to ask whether or not he was fucking those puppets in the garage at night. And you know what? If he was, from all the good things he was doing, fine. That's not hurting anybody. Good point. I'm sorry. Good point. Yeah, he wasn't touching kids or anybody. Just fucking fucking puppets and crying. <laughs> I wonder. Um, There's no evidence of that. No evidence. That's just me speculating on why somebody can be as extremely weird as he is without any negative. There's no negative. It actually drives me completely insane yeah. that he's just only nice. Yeah. Be upset with us because we're trying to somehow apply any normal real-life situation to this very nice man. Question. Sainthood. Question. Yeah. Nice. Which is bullshit because what Mother Teresa is a saint. Yeah, bullshit. How many uh, fucking uh, she's she's bad uh, church people are molesting kids, and he's not a saint. He's just a fucking nice guy. He's just a dude. Anyways, well, some of his uh, major quotes I think you've probably heard, especially since nine eleven. He said, "Look for the helpers," which is a nice sentiment. Yeah. When anything, ever anything happens, look for the helpers. Um, he also said, "Quote: I would hope that anybody that sets out to produce mass programming for children would have the respect of childhood that I have." Because it's not all clowns and balloons. Yeah. He is thought out. It's purposeful. He hated kid shows. It, it, he wanted to be more methodical and more purposeful, and he's a very good, strange man. Yeah. And that's well, that's what I have. The, la- the last question I have is a question I asked from before. As adults, why aren't we like Fred? I have no answer. I'm just drunk and then just living my life. I just can't do it. I suck. That's all the answer oh I've got. Oh, God. It was too nice. Today was too nice. I feel <laughs> Thank weird. you, Mr. Rogers. Even though I didn't watch your show a whole bunch, I liked learning about this. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun, and it's weird. I'm going to probably go watch some episodes. You should. There's a bunch on Prime that are pretty good. Um, and, you know, as an adult, it is a comforting program. It also seems like it would have been nice if I, when I smoked 
weed when I was a teenager. <laughs> that seems like that'd be the best thing to turn on. Just like it actually, I think would. I, I might try that now. <laughs> yeah, get, get fucking high as hell. You know, one of the other things I, I guess I didn't mention because I didn't really watch him is I asked my wife about him and she watched him and she described him as a warm hug. Oh yeah, that's and nice. I asked my younger brother who grew up watching him and he said that he was a nice, wholesome dude. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess that's the perception that adults that watched him have is that they just trust him, they like him, he's a good guy. And I know that our perspective is that he's a freak and we're going to make perverted jokes, but he's just a good guy. He's a good guy. That's all I got. I'm exhausted from the niceness. I can deal with darkness all day. Yeah. I'm exhausted from niceness. It's because I don't expect nice. I expect (sighs) there's some angle. So it's weird to find someone that's like, oh, yeah, he was actually genuine. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Dabblers. Thank you, Mr. Rogers. I love everybody. Hey, you guys, you Dabblers. You're special. You've made today a wonderful day. We love you guys. With your genitals. Get your genitals hard or wet or whatever you need. You've made it a wonderful day. We just can't have anything. We have to always. Got it. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.